Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on Colin. This is episode 55, Trump announcement. Trump has announced he's running for president again. Sigh. Once again, we'll have Trump versus Biden unless someone else steps up. Is it time for a third party candidate to rise up? All right. And I see we got people lined up already. I'm going to go ahead and get started with Robin. Robin, you are on the mic. You just have to unmute. Hi, Sebby. Um, thank you so much for having me on your call in. To uh, this is check my, my first volume time. again. I do this every time. Jeez. You'd think I'd have this down by now. <laughs> What's going on, Robin? Yeah, thank you for having me on your call in. This is the first time I've ever done a call in. So I'm kind of nervous, but um, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate you and the Revolutionary Blackout Network. Um, I'm not a revolutionary. Uh, I am black. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I enjoy about you and your network is your intellectual honesty. Um, I personally consider myself more of a libertarian, uh, you know, as a black woman, but um, I just, I'm just so sick of the, you know, the performance art that I see on, um, you know, on YouTube and on cable and everything. And just, I just love people that even though I may disagree with them, just shoot straight, you know, and just be real with me and we can have honest, open conversations. And that's what I really love about you and, uh, it, you know, and the network that you're a part of. Oh, um, I, well, thank you so much. That's really sweet. We've had a tough week, Robin. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've totally forgot. But yeah, that, that whole Twitter situation, you know what? I'm not on Twitter because I work for an elected official. And, um, and so because of that, I don't get involved in, you know, those types of things at all because, you know, it's just too much. Uh, but I, you know, but I will say that the way that they have come after you is so dishonest and it just makes me so angry because they know they're lying. And that's what I can't stand. I don't have a problem with people, you know, disagreeing because, you know, you have an honest, uh, you know, difference of opinion. But when they out and out lie, I just have little tolerance for that. So, you know, just keep the faith and, and just keep going and keep doing what you do. You know, just keep doing what you do. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. Like I've told people before, you know. I always have receipts. So it's just funny to me when people think they can just outright lie on us. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, right. got you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> right. Right. And so the reason why I called in today is that I am very much uh, an, alum, uh, an anomaly. I live in Texas. I'm a black female. You know, I, um, I don't think I have ever voted for, a Democrat uh, at, I don't know if I've ever voted for a Democrat. And it's not that I love voting for Republicans. I'm just a, one of those people that it's like, leave me alone 
don't take, <laughs> you know, leave me alone, leave my money alone and I'll leave you alone type of deal. So that's why I kind of lean libertarian in that fashion or whatever. Um, I will say though, that, you know, I uh, became very disillusioned with the Republican party um, over the Iraq war. I, uh, you know, generally voted Republican because I thought, okay, you know, they don't want to, they want to take less money from me from the Democrats. I was like, okay, that's all good for me. You know, (laughs) whoever wants to be in my pocket less, I was all about that. But then when the Iraq war came and, um, you know, and I will say I voted, you know, I worked for Raytheon for five years. And I joined, I worked for Raytheon, went to work for Raytheon specifically because of 9-11. I, you know, I really didn't even know about Raytheon until after 9-11. And I, and I was working for actually Lockheed Martin in the space industry before that. And one of my coworkers went to work for Raytheon and she invited me to come. And, you know, uh, I literally joined Raytheon in like October of 2000 and one or something. So it was literally right after uh, 9-11. And, you know, I thought that I was doing my patriotic duty uh, to join that company. Uh, And then when the Iraq war came and, you know, I was feeling a certain kind of way about it, but, you know, they were telling us that this was our duty and, you know, it was all a part of the whole global war on terror and I'm just like okay well this is you know this is what we're gonna do and stuff and um you know I I told my mom the other day I said you know if I had known then what I know now I never would have joined Raytheon and I never would have you know in and I I feel a certain kind of way that you know I don't work for Raytheon now but part of my pension is is going to come from Raytheon when I retire. So even though I don't work for them now, I'm still, you know, going to get money from everything that's happening right now. And I don't like that at all. I don't I don't like it at all. And so I got to figure out, you know, I just got to figure some things out about that. But um you know, with this whole Trump thing, Like I said, you know, I live in Texas. And so Texas being a red state, I generally vote in the Republican primary, not because I consider myself a Republican, but because if you want to play in the political games of the state, it just makes sense to choose to vote in the Republican primary because that's primarily who's probably going to end up being your elected official. And so I vote in a Republican primary, but generally when it comes to presidents and stuff, up until recently, I would vote Libertarian. I'd never voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012. You know, even though it's like, oh, he's the first black president. I'm just like, I just can't, I just can't go there with you guys. Um, But I've, but I didn't vote for uh, uh, the Libertarian in 2016 because I was nervous that Hillary might win. And I just can't, I know tr- Trump is a horrible person. And I hate that as, I hate that as a 
person that has voted for him twice. I don't like Trump. I don't like anything about him. But I, I feel like the the media and the left have lied needlessly. Over, you know, and it's so provable that they just lie. It's just like, let him bury himself. Why do you put me in a position to have to, not have to vote for him, but it's just like, just don't lie. Just tell the truth and people will do the right thing. But when we see you lying, then it's just like, well, wait a minute now, you know. You know, I'm just not going to go there. And and I just, I can't with, I, I couldn't with Hillary. I just, I just couldn't. And in Biden, I'm sorry. This man, if he doesn't read his name off of a piece of paper, he doesn't know who he is. I just can't with him. I cannot with him. Um, mm. So I, you know, <laughs> uh, so I'm probably going to go voting libertarian ag- back again. Um, I've only voted for Trump in 2016 because at the time they were saying that there was a potential that Hillary had a striking chance of winning Texas. And I I just could not, I I couldn't, I could not pull the lever for a libertarian in that situation. Um, And, you know, uh, I don't like Trump. I, I don't like Trump at all. But I just don't see where anybody is going to put a candidate up that's going to be any better. You know, who am I going to vote for? You know, Biden? Really? I don't know. I mean, you know, I I don't know. But see, this is, I will say, this is the reason why, like, I keep advocating for the fact that I think we need a prominent third party or independent candidate. And by prominent, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean here and no one please take this the wrong way. It needs to be someone that people know. It needs to be someone that's a household name. This is why I asked Chris Hedges. This is why I asked Cornell West, because those are people that are well-known and beloved. Like people love Cornell West, older people, younger people, everybody, people love him. And so it's just like, it has to be someone that's well-known. Now, I, I do have this question, because first and foremost, I think you're the first uh, conservative to call in to, to my show, to be honest with you. Okay, great. But but whatever it is, what it is, like I said, I'll, I'll talk to, to anyone. Like, you don't have to be on the left. And right. I've interviewed um, a couple of libertarians on my show, too. And, and my question is, faced with that same situation again, and I, I know Jill Snow is not going to run again on the national level. I've already asked her about that. But if there were a third party candidate that was someone that was more to towards your liking, would you be willing to vote for that person? Because I say this because once again, I feel like 2024, we're going to have two candidates that people don't want again. Absolutely, because I voted for the libertarian candidate in 2008 and 2012. So, um, so yeah, I voted for Gary Johnson, you know, in 2012, I voted for Ron, I forget what his name was, but he was out of Georgia, but he was a libertarian candidate in, uh, 2008. And my mom, you know, she told me that was the worst vote ever, (laughs) 
but I stand by that vote because I just could I I wasn't going to vote for Barack Obama and I wasn't going to vote for John McCain. I didn't vote for John McCain because I believed that he was a warmonger. You know, and this was at the time when like I said, I told you, I worked for Raytheon and I was not going to vote for John McCain, but then I could not vote for Barack Obama because I, you know, I remember his 2004 speech at the Democratic um, National Convention. And I remember looking at that speech and I turned to my parents at that time and I. Uh oh. Oh, Robin, I think we lost you. Are you still there? Um. Hello, hello. Okay, there you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I voted for Barack Obama. Uh, no, I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I uh, told my parents in 2004, look at, you know, look out for this guy. He is a rising star. This is based on his speech at the Democratic National Convention. Um, but when 2008 came around, I couldn't vote for him because I told my parents, I said, this man is an empty suit. And mm. I believe then, and I still believe now, after I've seen him as be president for, you know, uh, eight years, and then after his presidency and everything, I said, this man will do anything that he needs to do to promote himself. And I will die on that hill believing that. I do not believe genuinely that he cares about the people at all. I don't. And you can't tell me anything to sway me from that. Well, you and caught on a lot earlier than uh, most of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, as a libertarian, it's really easy to, you know, sniff out. I mean, you know, we just distrust all politicians. That's why we are for limited government because it's just like, no, I believe... I truly believe that everybody is terrible, you know, and especially if you want to go into politics, you have an extra bit of terrible and terribleness about you because, you know, I, I automatically assume that you as a, you want to tap into that, that uh, swamp or whatever that Trump was talking about, you know? And so then even though I didn't vote for for Trump to drain the swamp as some people did, I do believe that there is a swamp and I do believe that there the swamp needs to be drained. I at this point though, I don't believe that that will ever happen. Mm. You know, outside of, you know, as you guys talk about a, a revolution or whatever. I don't believe that it will happen outside of that. Um and so that's kind of where I am, you know. Uh, but yes, I am total. I will. I will vote for a ham sandwich, literally, before I vote for Joe Biden. I, just, you know, if a ham sandwich is the third party candidate, sign me up for ham sandwich. I'm just not voting for what we have right now. I just, I just can't do it. I feel you. I feel you. I have one more question for you in reference to. Uh libertarian uh-huh i noticed that um the georgia senate race there was a libertarian candidate named chase 
Chase received over 80,000 votes. How do you think, because this is going into a runoff, they're going to have to do this again in December, which is great. How do you think those libertarian voters are going to vote in December in reference to uh, Warnock and Walker? Um, you know, I'm going to say, like, I, I, I think I shared, you know, uh, a, you know, in one of your live streams or whatever a few days ago, is that if I were in Georgia, I would vote for Herschel Walker. Um, and I think that the most libertarians would probably vote for Herschel Walker. And here's why. Do I like Herschel Walker? No, I think he is not a good person. I don't think he's very bright. I don't think that he, you know, I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. But at the same time, I don't believe anything that comes out of any politician's mouth most of the time. That's right. I, I really don't. So the reason why if those were the only two people that I had to choose from, I would choose Herschel Walker because I believe that he would um, stop Joe Biden's agenda. And, and, and not that, you know, I'm pro-Republican agenda. I'm just anti-government agenda. Whatever the government wants to do, I don't want that to happen. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, if the government says they want to do X, Y, and Z, and if I believe that whatever government is in power, if the, if, you know, the person that's running against said government says, I don't want to do that, I'm going to vote for that person <laughs> because I don't trust anybody. So it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, you know, I'm not an Elon Musk stan or whatever, but I, I would prefer gridlock over the, whatever this is because it's just chaos. I mean, I don't like anything that's going on. So I'd rather have nothing going on than something going on because whenever something is going on, whenever they agree, it's always worse from what I see. It's always worse. Well, let me ask you a question. What about in reference to a woman's right to choose? Because is is that a deciding factor for you or whether or not you're going to vote for a Republican or uh, a Democrat candidate? That's really complicated. And uh, here's my situation on that. Um, I am a Christian. And um, it's comp that's where, you know, my libertarianism, you know, kind of goes off the plane. And I just, you know, I can't say that, oh, well, I'm a big L libertarian and, you know, in that standpoint, because I am a Christian and because I look at the Bible and, and it says to me, you know, when I look at various scriptures, when it says, you know, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I feel that very deeply that there is a God out there that knew me before I was even formed and fashioned in my mother's womb. And so if you're asking me from, you know, if, if, if abortion is the only thing that I'm voting on, and there's nothing else to consider, nothing else to consider, 
I'm going to vote for the person that advocates for life. I'm not, you know, and I know, I know that that's a hard thing for people to, to hear. And I don't, you know, in, and, and again, I just want to say, Sabby, I really, I like you. I love listening to all types of views as long as people are intellectually honest. And I'm just telling you my, my honest stance, where, I, where I'm coming from. Um, so from that perspective, if, if that was the only thing on the, the ballot, I would vote for the person that said that they would choose life. Um, mm. and so I just, I'll just let the hits come, you know, and so people, <laughs> no, I'm serious. People, people will probably drag me for the rest of your call in for that, you know, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's where I stand on it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, if you cancel me, that's fine. I, I still like you and I'll still listen to you. <laughs> Well, Robin, thank thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in. And I do want to hear different voices, you guys. I know like one of you reached out to me a couple of times asking me, is there a chance that I would ever bring a conservative like on my show? I've tried, you guys. Like I've I've reached out to like it's easier for me to get libertarians to come on. I'm I'm not sure why, but it, it is easier for me to get them on. But conservatives, like it's really hard for me to get them to come on, but I have tried. Yeah, you know, I'll talk to you anytime, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I have no problem with that. So, um, like I said, um, you know, I don't agree with everything that you all say or whatever. Um, you know, I, I'll never be a Marxist, uh, really because I am a Christian, not because I would, I would say this savvy. If I wasn't a Christian, I would, I would absolutely be a Marxist because it makes sense from a non-Christian perspective. But because I am a Christian, I cannot be a Marxist. But I love the fact that, you know, you guys are genuine about what you believe and you stand by it. Uh-oh. Oh, I think you cut out for a second, Robin. Let me see. This app is a little funky. Sometimes it's, I, I invited Robin to speak because I think for whatever reason, her, her voice cut out while we're oh, waiting, waiting. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, like I said, you know, I love, I love you guys, even though I would never, you know, I said, I'm not a Marxist. I will never be a Marxist because I'm a Christian, but I love the fact that you guys are intellectually honest. If I wasn't, if I wasn't a Christian, I would be a Marxist because it makes intellectual sense from that standpoint. Um, so I love listening to all points of view. And as long as you are honest about where you're coming from, I'm open to any, you know, any conversation. So uh, thank you for having me. And any, Savvy, I'm serious. Anytime you want to have me, you know, talk to me or whatever, I'd love to, to talk to you guys. I would love it love nothing less than than doing that you know so um just good luck on everything that you're doing keep up the faith and uh you've got one conservative slash libertarian that's here that's willing to talk anytime you want to have a conversation 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Brent here and put him uh, on the mic. We also have Greg Bruce as a speaker. So guys, I just want to prove a point here. Uh, it's really important what Robin just said. That right there lets you know this uh, belief that a lot of us or some of us may have that conservatives only watch Fox News. That's not true. That is not true. What's up, Brent? Hi, Savvy. So I saw uh, your show and um, it looked you, you, you got footage from the rally that I went to with Kamala Harris. And you and I believe you said that was me protesting the war. That's not actually true. That was a guy to my left. Um, um, they were protesting the war. I, I uploaded the three links of the footage that I filmed. So basically what happened oh. was... Okay, so that I guy, see the links. Yeah, so that guy, when you watch my video, you'll you'll hear the guy scream. But you know what? It's hard to hear it because there's a guy from the footage you showed. There was a guy screaming in his ear, and I think he was planted there for some reason. What? And it was so hard to get that guy out because all the people, all the so-called volunteers, were in the center of the room. And when they heard that guy protesting, you'll see in my video, one of my videos, you'll see a bunch of people in plain clothes walking in formation towards the guy. And um, they, they're basically they're waiting in the back to um, drag him out. So just in case he doesn't, he's hard to drag out. There's multiple people. But from what you showed me in the footage, that there was only one Secret Service guy. So that was... Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, they showed, they, I think they, I don't know if they showed that on uh, the media. I don't know if they, they broadcasted that, uh, that particular protest, but I don't know who filmed that. But that wasn't, that wasn't me. That was someone else. And they came prepared because they chose an area with the least amount of people, with the worst view, the worst angle to, to watch. They just wanted to, to protest her. I chose the best view, but it, but there was a bunch of people in front of me, so, um, yeah, as you saw in the in that video, um, though it's a it's a basically a mob. Like, you can't reason with these people. They're they're going to vote for Kamala Harris or Barack Obama because they give good flowery speeches. They're empty suits, as the previous callers said. They don't they don't truly stand for what they're saying. They're just they're serving their donors or whatever. So to answer your question about third parties, I don't think a third party will win. I I, I hate I know people on calling are going to hate me for that, but. People vote because of personality, and I think they vote because of of race. They see a minority mm-hmm. in, in running a position. And I said this on Brianna's show, and people took it the wrong. People said that I was, they were suggesting to me that I was discounting the importance of representation. And I just want to make it clear that I'm not discounting that. I think it's very important to discuss the racial issues because race plays an unfortunate role in our in our history. It's important to address it, but I feel it's being overused to get people to vote for, like, get them out to vote. Like, vote for this the first black president or the first yep. double double minority vice president, Kamala Harris. It's a bunch of BS. And right, right. Well, there's a difference I, between for people who who are who may not be aware, there is a difference between um, representation. And people only voting for someone because they are a minority. And I, I say this because, oh, wait, I knew people that only voted for Obama, not because of his policies, not because of his speeches, 
but only because he was African-American. And they said, oh, I want an African-American president. When I asked them about his policies or anything like that, they weren't even paying attention to any of that. They just saw that it was a black guy that was running. They were like, he's going to help out black people. And he didn't. Yeah, he he didn't. He, he's an empty suit. And um, I just wanted to put that out there. And then what I watched your uh, your video on Jordan Sheraton. Um, I've called in on a show a few times. He he seems ego driven. And basically, he, he seems like just because he's on the ground or whatever, that his media, what he's reporting is more important than the the vain YouTube podcasters. And I feel that's um, that's dangerous thinking because you need media is so important to uh, bring out messages to the masses. Like, how do people vote for Obama or Trump? It's because of the media. I, I media plays an important role in how people decide to vote. And if you're just focused on local issues, which again are very important, um, they they have their place certainly. If you only focus on f local issues. You're never going to get the policies you want at the federal level. And I know um, Roger, I discussed this, he discussed ballot initiatives uh, on mm -hmm. your last call in. And I feel that's important. That, that's, it's a good thing to do, but I feel like if you don't have the support for those initiatives, then it, it, things will go nowhere. Uh, I feel like you need, people need to be educated through media. That's right. They need to be That's educated right. through media, and people like to watch things on their phone. A lot of voters, they don't like to go out and do activist work or, like, do work on the ground. I mean, those things are important, but your vote, Sabi, matters just as much as someone who watches YouTube videos all day. I mean, I, as, as harsh as that sounds, that's the truth, right? I mean, your vote at the at the ballot box is just as much as a random person who's never volunteered anywhere in their entire life. And that's just the sad reality of it. So um, I feel like right. people, and I, I, yeah. I think what, I think what Jordan has to understand is that first of all, financially, we cannot afford to go on the ground all the time. Like he does. Right. And when I go on the ground with the exception of the Assange rally in DC, by, and by the way, like that cost me a lot of money. You guys know right. how much money it costs to like go to DC and stay there and stuff. So like that cost that that was my money out of pocket that I that we paid for. Like me and my husband, like that was our money. So right. I think what people have to understand is that when I do go on the ground, I can only do for the most part local coverage because that's what I can afford to do. And I use my cell phone, right? But right. here's the thing. Jordan Sheridan should not be the gatekeeper of media. Jordan right. Sheridan should not be the one telling people what they should or should not do in reference to media. Not everybody is good on the ground. Now, we do go on the ground, and but we're not the only ones, and neither is he. Convo Couch has been on the ground for years. Who do you guys think have been covering these elections in South America? That has been Convo Couch. I sure as hell haven't been there, and I don't think Status Quo has been there either. So I think... We need to acknowledge that, that it's not just status quo that is on the ground. And he's also not the only one covering union strikes. Indy News Network, Colin from Indy News Network has been on the ground multiple times because he's in that D.C. area. In fact, I met him. At, I saw him in person at the Assange rally. So we got a chance to talk. But here's the thing. Not everybody is meant to be on the ground. So, like, I actually majored in broadcast journalism and English. I got trained in both. I got trained in on the ground and I got I was trained in studio. 
broadcasting, right? So I know how to do both. Not everyone does. And I right. think Jordan needs to understand that just because other people are not on the ground as much as he is, that doesn't make them less of a journalist or a media person than him. Everybody has their own niche, right? Right. And it's the same thing with CNN. Does CNN send everybody out on the ground? No, they don't. In fact, when a lot of people start, because when I did my internship, a lot of people start, we start on the ground. And then you make your way up to the studio seats. But he has to, the ego thing and all that stuff has got to stop. If you want to do on the ground work and you really like doing it and you appreciate doing it, then that's great. But here's the thing. You don't get to guilt trip everybody else in media for not doing the same thing you're doing as much as you're doing it. You chose to do that. So that's, that's what you with. That's what you stuck with. And it doesn't mean that someone's supposed to give you an award because you're doing your job. And that's, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Like, I'm sorry, but that's what you chose to go into at any given time. He can stop doing that. If, If it's a problem, and if he's tired of doing it, at any given time, he can stop doing it. Right. Right. It just seems like um, he, he has like this complex, like, oh, I'm doing, I'm talking to people face to face, where people like Jimmy Dore are, are just in their studios, um, bad-mouthing other YouTubers. And honestly, I feel that um, the, the YouTube fighting, there, there is a place for because there, there's a lot of frauds out there that are commentating, and I feel like if Jimmy Dore takes them down, then they're less one less credible source that I donate my money to. And I feel like th- those those type of YouTube podcasters do have a place in media. They, they, that shouldn't be all their coverage. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, Jimmy and and TYT fighting, that shouldn't be every day. But that there right. is a, a place for that. It's it's important. It was absolutely critical because I stopped my subscription with TYT because of Jimmy Dore. And and what what that that fight that convinced me to stop donating to TYT, and I feel like that those fights are important, but they're not every like Jordan tries to say that you guys are just fighting all the time on media. That's not true. He, so but yeah, he, but um, he but he knows that Brent because yeah, JB was on his show and explained what we did, and he's retweeted my work on the ground. That's why I made the video that I did the other day because I wanted to show people that he was a liar. That he you knew need to we do doing. that because there's people in media that will say, "Oh, um, Sabi Sav, she's a she's a crazy. Uh, uh, she talks about YouTubers. She's crazy. She's she's this, that, and that. And you need to set the record straight because if you don't, then word spreads whether it's true or not, and people and you'll lose viewership. So you had to do that at least one time. So it wasn't just petty drama. It, this guy was coming after you, like." And your 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 credibility. So it was very important for you to put him in his place. And you, I think you did that very well. So um, yeah, because the other that. thing is what people don't understand is like I can see the stats. I can see other people's stats via Social Blade, and right. they're not growing. They're not getting any subscribers. They're losing subscribers, and we're growing. So of course they're going to smear us. Like this is the thing. This is what people understand. Like this space is very competitive. And I never joined this space to be anyone's friend. Like, that's the thing. I have friends. <laughs> Some people want to be friends. They want to join this space and they want to be buddy-buddy with people. And then they come to find out, whoa, 
there's so much competition here. If I talk to this person, then I can't talk to that person. It's really stupid. It's high school. It's childish. It's foolish. Right. But Jordan right. knows exactly. He knows like exactly what we do, and he's just lying, uh, just like as usual. And the thing is, is this is like if he has to say these things, he won't say these things to my face. Oh no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He, he he hides behind his uh, Twitter account to tell you to piss off. I mean, yeah. These. He's. I think he sold out because I. I remember he used to. I used to go on his call, and I'd be like the only one there. And I think he sold out to some, I don't know who's donating, who's giving him money, who's funding his salary, but he sold out to somebody because before he used to be independently funded through, through, through donors and he would constantly ask for money. But now I think he sold out to somebody. I don't know who, who he sold out to, but it sounds like somebody's paying him to say, say those things. So I don't even, I, I say that without knowing. So. But like I said, like if it's about people not being on the ground as much as him, why doesn't he give the same criticism towards Crystal and Sager and Kyle Kalinske and David Pakman and all the rest of them? He's not going to say that. You see what I'm saying? He's only throwing criticism at the black commentators. Why isn't he <laughs> criticizing the Vanguard for talking about podcasters every fucking day? By the way, he goes on their show multiple times. Why isn't he giving them that same criticism? See, the, see, this is what people have to understand. For those of us, like people like me, Brianna Joy Gray, the rest of us at RBN, Nico House went through this too, is by you guys. Nico House went through the same thing. What people have to understand is, is this. Black people in this space are held to a different standard. And white people in this space, most of them, they don't really want you to lead anything. They want to be the leaders and they want you to follow. And if you choose not to follow and you choose to lead your own way, then they see you as a problem. That's what this is really about. Yeah, it's people think that racism is over just because the civil rights movement stuff. It's not. They're, they're, I, I see it every day in in Southern California. Like I see the the implicit racism. Like I was in uh, New York, and I don't know if you were there. If you're from the East Coast, but there was a big storm in um, in the East Coast. It was last year. It was around September, and the uh, Port Authority. Uh, the bus terminal was shut. Uh, all the buses were stopped for like hours and they had all the buses ready for the rich folks. But I was staying in an area that was predominantly um, African-American. They only had one bus and they forced everybody to go down to the, the bottom floor and they had a bunch of security lined up. And um, I told them what's going on. And you know what the, the, the chief of the transportation told me? He told me there's too many of them. They're out of control. They're out of control. And that opened my eyes to the, the racism that continues to exist on our society. It's no longer explicit as it was before. That's people, right. They, they, they continue to have those racist thoughts and they're, and they're, and, but they keep it inside themselves. So it, you won't encounter it unless there's certain situations where um, there's only a certain limited number of resources and they need to give it to a certain number of people. It's really disgusting. And I think Jordan exposed himself as one of those people. I mean, not as bad as what I experienced in New York, but kind of... Yeah, 
Yeah, it's the snobby East Coast attitude, and I live on the East Coast. I'm here in Boston. I experience the same thing here in Boston. It's the elite liberals who say that they support these social issues, but when push comes to shove, they don't want these social issues next to them. They want it at arm's length, and they're actually the ones that will call the police on you if you're in their neighborhood, and it's an all-white neighborhood. And this is the piece that is not talked about oftentimes, especially in left independent media, but it does happen, and those of us who live on on the coast with with a lot of these coastal elites we see it and experience it you know all the time so it's just a a part of like your everyday life and i think he really did reveal himself and like i said he came after the wrong one because i had a shitload of receipts so he exposed himself right right and and if i if if you said oh jordan all you do is send that percent youtube videos um ignoring his other work i mean he wouldn't like that either but Apparently, he feels like he sh- he go after you like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, um, well, thank you. Um, I want. There's probably other callers, so I just want to let them speak as well. But thank you for taking my call in. Thank you so much, Brent. Um, I know, Greg. Greg, you're a speaker. You have to unmute, and then um, after Greg, I'll bring in Karthik. But thanks, Brent. All right, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Trump. This is a. Uh, it's funny, like the question I read in this description is a time for a third party candidate to rise up. I mean, if uh, four years of Trump, then four years of Biden, then a Trump-Biden election isn't the recipe for yeah, getting people to question the duopoly, then I don't know what is. I mean, it, it, it's it, – it, it, I mean – like if I mean I'm not sure that a third party would actually win. I I don't think they would, but um, something happens at five percent, right? Um, I, I've heard five percent is a threshold that you get funding or something. Five percent, they get federal funding. Yeah. So and Jesse Ventura was polling like when people when it was even mentioned that Jesse could run. Jesse polled at eighteen percent. Yeah. So. I, I think so, like this is a you know should be a prime opportunity to um, for for someone to get that five percent threshold. I would think um, if not, then <laughs> we're screwed. Um, and as far as who would win, I'm honestly not sure. Before tonight, I would have absolutely said uh, Trump was going to destroy Biden, but I don't know. Hearing Trump tonight, like he has lost his edge. Like, I know this wasn't supposed to be, like, the edgiest speech of all, but, like, it's just the the novelty is not there anymore with him. And um, I, obviously, the, you know, Joe Biden is not going to fare well either. It's just going to be a, a, a loser, battle of losers, to be honest. And I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I'm not very good at making predictions on that. Um, but, I mean, uh, one thing I thought was kind of, interesting that he said was like um people don't acknowledge the threat of uh nuclear weapons but i'm like you know when you were president you said you literally said let it be an arms race so um most people obviously are not gonna actually remember that but um at the end of the day when it comes to foreign policy um it whatever whoever's president is going to do whatever the military industrial complex tells them to do um you know, Trump had so, sort of an anti-war message in 2016, but he did the bidding of the MIC. 
Um, we're going to continue to fight proxy wars with Russia. We're going to continue to escalate things with Russia, whether it's Democrat or Republican. I just think of that meme where it shows Republicans and it shows a missile being dropped and then it shows Democrats and it shows a rainbow colored missile being dropped. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, so that's just something that I, I thought of when he, when he was talking about foreign policy. It's just, it, we, we know what a Dem publican is going to do. So, so. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, tonight, Trump, like that video in his speech, Trump sounded like he just got back from a party he wasn't invited to. Like he sounded, <laughs> he did not sound like his 2016 self. He didn't. Um, and it was really interesting. I, I heard him using some of the same language that Bernie Sanders used, like we need a movement and we need to unite uh, across this country. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, is he going to try to go the route that Bernie Sanders did? Is is that going to be his way to get people together? But I can tell you right now, based on what I've seen, if he goes back to the whole hateful rhetoric, that's not going to work again. Those like like I said, most of the Trump candidates lost, you know. Yeah. And uh, at, at the same time, I don't know, it's like. Who is Trump if he's not saying blatant racist stuff? You know, so it's, it's I feel like um, he's kind of damned either way. I mean, put it this way, I, I, against a somewhat decent opponent, he would be damned either way uh, because it's Biden. He has he has a chance. So, um, like I said, it's it's a loser's battle in a, a prime election, if any, to uh, for a th- uh, maybe a third party to get a little bit of momentum a little bit. If Ron DeSantis ran against Donald Trump in the primary, who do you think would win? Oh, you said Trump and DeSantis? Yeah, if they face each other in the Republican primary, who do you think would win? Uh, I could probably see DeSantis. I mean, they're I mean, they're similar, but um I don't know. I think the Republicans could see DeSantis as kind of like a like a fresh face against Trump. That yeah, that's that that would be that's what I would I would guess is DeSantis. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, Greg Bruce, thanks so much for calling in. I'm gonna bring in uh, Karthik. You are the next caller. Just have to unmute. Always fun to talk to you. Um, quickly, I just want to say I thought it was really unfortunate how um you know Mike uh, uh humanist report guy and um Jordan you know gotten to fight with you because I, I actually like i feel like jordan to a certain extent but i used to like really like him because he like he, he he broke the story about how donna brazil was helping hillary clinton and stuff um but i thought it was strange how like he was like arguing with you while his like wife was giving birth like i thought that was just really strange <laughs> let me tell you something if i was in labor and my husband was on twitter i would be livid yeah, I'm like I I know like like uh like uh pregnancy takes like many hours. I I hear it can take like sixteen, twenty, thirty hours, but I don't know. I just feel like it's a really strange thing to do. Like, and I still like Jordan to a certain extent, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Yeah, it was it was it was very odd, very strange. But what you guys are seeing like right now, like this is something that's out in the open, so you guys are seeing it for the first time, but we've been experiencing this from day one, from day one, you know, it's, it's, there's this idea that like, and Brent kind of hit the nail on the head when he was just like, 
he was in uh, the black neighborhood and there was only one bus and they were like, oh, it's too many of them. You know, there's this idea and not just in this space, but just in general, when people talk about diversity, they really don't want more than one or two of us. They feel like more than two, that's too many. Oh, that's too many. We don't want that many. So then you have RBM, which is an entire network. There's five of us and all of us are black. And some people see that as a problem. Some people see that as a threat, but it's not just us. I mean, black power media is also out there as well. They don't, they don't really give them um, much attention. I'm, I'm not sure why, but they were around before we were, and they also do mutual aid and they're organizing in their communities as well. So it's, it's not just us. I think it's more so that it could be part of the fact that we grew as quickly as we did. Some of them don't like the fact that we've been on Jimmy Dore's show. And <laughs> so have they. Dora Jason. <laughs> oh, yeah. All, all, all these guys that hate Jimmy Dore now, they actually used to be either friends or very good friends with Jimmy. Because I know for Jordan specifically, because like he was smeared as like a sexual harasser or somebody or something. And then TYT like fired him. It was like early 2018. And Jimmy was actually the only person publicly defending him. So I thought it's really sad, like how he started to attack Jimmy for disagreeing on COVID. It wasn't just that. Um, some of these things started during Force the Vote, to be honest. There were oh, people yeah, that were for it and people that were against it. And some people didn't weren't for it because it was associated with Jimmy. Like it, it started like earlier on, I think. And I think that you know, once people, some people started criticizing the squad, like some people in this space don't like that. They're like, no, don't criticize them. Because when you criticize the squad, you're criticizing them. Because well, I'd it, say, was, it was their, it was their thing. It was their project. Yeah, I'd say most don't because people really started to hate it when uh, uh, David Dole, I mean, David Dole, Human Support, and Anna Cass parents really started to hate Jimmy once he was criticizing um, AOC and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but outside of that, I wanted to let you know quickly that Bernie Sanders right now, it, it was reported by the Guardian like three hours ago that Bernie is writing a book. It's a, it's a, it's supposed to be a blueprint on how to like execute a, a political revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. But you, you, you can Google this. Wow. So he can get another bestseller and of course he's writing another fucking book. Boy, I tell you, and no shade to people that write books, but it's just, who are you, how are you going to write a book about a political revolution and it didn't happen? Well, it would make more sense if you wrote like a picture book or a kid's book rather than a book on like how to do a revolution. Yeah. Aye, um, aye, aye. Yeah. Oh, and so uh, are, are you like kind of like tired of or like not looking forward to the whole like Trump bonanza that's coming up in the next year or two years? Oh, my God. It's so freaking annoying. Like, honestly, I'm tired of... I'm tired of Trump, I'm tired of Hillary, and I'm tired of Joe Biden. Like, I'm just tired of these people. Like, it's just, how old is Donald Trump? Let me look this up. He's 75 now, I think. Seven, yeah, 75 or 76. I think he's born in 1947. Okay. Uh, I, I have a math job. So run, yeah, why does he want to run for president again? It's just like, why can't we get people who are a little bit more, I don't even want to say the age thing. Why can't the we get power, people, right? It's a yeah, power people who are not out of touch. Just not out of touch. Like Nancy Pelosi stepped down today. That's great. Because she she was out of touch. She's out of touch with what a lot of the younger people want. 
People need something different. People need something new. And people are tired of the same politicians constantly getting reelected and constantly just like pushing the same establishment envelopes. Like we're tired of the, first of all, you need term limits. I'm tired of the same politicians being in Congress for like 40 years. Yeah, like honestly, like the, the only way I would vote for Democrat or Republican, like, well, I've never voted Republican. The only reason I would vote Democrat is to kick out like some of like these uh, old folks that have been in Congress for 30, 40 years. Like if I live in Kentucky, I would vote against Mitch McConnell. And if I, and if I, I live in Nancy Pelosi's district, I, I would vote against her and probably for Shahid Buttar. Um, but yeah, yeah, these politicians are in power. Like Joe Biden's been in government for 50 years. Like he first got into government in 1972 i think exactly but see that's why i feel like you need term limits and i say this also because if there are term limits then you have a certain amount of time to get things done if there's no term limits you have no amount of time to get things done it's just like they can stay there forever and they become fossils right like it's just like you guys turn into fossils and, and shit like just get out of there you look around at most of the Senate, you look around at even the House, look around most of the people in the House, most of the people in the Senate. Why are my grandparents running the Senate in the House? Like, they don't understand the importance and the urgency about things that a lot of the younger people are going to have to deal with, climate change. They don't even, even the Democratic Party, they don't understand it on the full scale, the way that it, it actually has been predicted. Well, they, they'll talk about climate change on their private jets, so that's what John Kerry does. Yeah, like same thing. It's just like we continue to just vote. And then after they're there for like the first couple of years, they end up becoming millionaires. They write books, they get speaking deals, they get a pension. And then then they're out of our class. And once they're out of our class, they really trying to help us. Yeah, it's uh, like I just feel like we're uh, decaying. Um, but I, 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 I know that while me and you might be lethargic of trump and not looking forward to the whole circus i tell you a lot of people like tyt they can't wait for the primary to start in a few months you know because they're going to get so many views and and you know because they have they've been starved of views so i'm sure they're super excited of course i agree i agree roger i'm going to bring you into this uh discussion as well just have to unmute just have to unmute oh i forgot got the bluetooth hello hey how you doing uh so what's your take uh, on all of this roger um you know what i really don't care that much (laughs) only because i'm just i'm focusing on what we could get done locally and statewide um but let me let Scotty talk till I drop off my customer. But I just want to say this. Scotty, I sent Sabrina the Tariq K Flex Nasheed joint from The Awful Truth with what's his with Michael Moore. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Take oh my god, yes. Put on your whole heels. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, I, I, I know Michael Moore said to vote Democrat as a favor to him. That's all I know about Michael Moore. Um, the last thing, a last thing I say before I uh, go. Um, so I, I think maybe one of the reasons why you guys been getting attacked, unfortunately, is that you really are everyone at UNRBN 
are starting to have an impact, you know, to a certain extent like on political discourse. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I wanted to say. Again, I feel like people are starting to hear you and, you know, starting to maybe even get scared of you. That's a good point, Karthik. Yeah, I mean, people are really showing who they really are when they said, like, no, we should not vote for the corporate Democrats. We should hold firm. You know, uh, CJ played that video of Mike Figueredo and Jimmy Dore from a couple years ago when both of them had decided, no, we're not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, we're going to stand firm and, like, just vote for Jill Stein or something like that. Both of them agreed to that. So... <laughs> One of us changed. It wasn't RBN. <laughs> so I think the thing is, is like, we're realizing at the end of the day, they're just Democrats. Like at the end of the day, if you're still just going to vote for the corporate Democrats, then there was really no point of a progressive movement to begin with. I, well, I think all these not. people, sorry, like all these people like Humanist Report, Sam Cedar, TYT, like they, they all still claim to be independent. Like I, I, I'm not sure they've ever actually said that they're like like registered democrats or even call themselves democrats. They, they all call themselves independent it's just that they always vote democrat and they have the, I, I know tyt sam cedar has said this stick about how voting isn't important no sorry not it's not, not important but but uh voting that doesn't reflect your values it's just one thing you do and don't think about it once every four years but but if you don't vote democrat then they'll you know go, go attack you for not voting blue so those things like have mm -hmm. never made sense to me there's a video, you guys should look it up on YouTube. There's a video with Sam Cedar and Tim Black having the same discussion. And it was about Bernie and Hillary. And Tim Black had called in and said, no, Sam, we are not, we should not vote for Hillary Clinton if Bernie loses. And Sam Cedar said, well, no, you still have to support the Democratic Party. And there was a lot of tension within that discussion. And so even back then, that's what I'm saying. Even back then, Majority Report was still telling people, well, we got to support the Democratic Party. And Tim Black was saying, no, that that defeats the purpose of the progressive movement if you just cave in and vote for the corporate Democrats. Well, Sam Cedar has peacock money. Mm -hmm. The Comcast, uh, she got it from MSNBC and Peacock. So that's two sides, TV and streaming. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for talking to me, Sabian. Hope you stay strong up from all these attacks. Good talk. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Karthik. All right, Scotty, we are bringing you in. Yeah, it's really funny because, like, typically, like, on Twitter, I usually don't even, like, respond to, like, the comments and stuff like that. I usually just keep it moving. But I felt like, like, Mike and Jordan, they had to be put in their fucking place. Go ahead, Scotty. Good evening, Savvy. Hello. Hey, oh, Roger, thanks for sending that video. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and so, like, when <laughs> I see it, I like, I remember I'm like, and like, people call Tariq the Sheed. I'm like, I still see that motherfucker is flexed. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, sorry you had to go through, uh, what you went through this past weekend. I saw it all unfold and I was just like, yeah, just. <laughs> It's not really that surprising anymore. Like, they show themselves, uh, you know. And the whole thing with left media is that, and especially with their audience, is that they get really territorial. So, like, you know, I know um, when Nick and CJ suggested that 
there was a debate between Jackson Hinkle and the Vanguard, and the Vanguard said, no, we're not going to uh, platform the, uh, this person to our audience. And I'm like, he's got more subscribers than me. What the fuck are you talking about platforming? Like, it's not like it's not like you're actually like poisoning the well. Like you either believe your ideas or you don't. And so, I think uh, the reaction you're getting is just that they're just they're scared that they don't have control of the narrative anymore. They've had control of the narrative of left politics online for damn near two decades. And like since 2016, there's just been this emerging, you know, class of people. And it, it, I mean, it was already there with like Black Agenda Report, um, Counterpunch had always, you know, been, I think that the Counterpunch had been around since like the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, but, you know, it, it didn't reach a younger audience. And Jimmy, you guys, and Convo Couch, like INN, like, it be, you know, these past few years, there's, like, starting to be this, like, emerging, like, alternative to what you see on T- TYT. And Jordan might not uh, act like he's not a part of that, but he is. Like, he, he just got fired by TYT, but... If you're going to sit there and do reports about the duplicitous nature of the Democratic Party and, you know, the corrupt dealings of the the Democratic Party, but yet you'll still tell your audience, like, hey, if you gave me a choice between Trump and Biden, I'd vote uh, for Biden. Like, you're still, you're still telling them to participate in the duopoly, like, like how you how can you in good conscience tell people even without saying it that it's you know go on this like like push this narrative of lesser evilism and then like the same thing with um Jen dies like if you've seen that happen with uh with Nick and She's saying that uh, Nick was running interference for Trump. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, well, Jen's a part of Jihive. I don't know if people realize that. Now, see, I didn't actually know that until I seen the uh, the screenshots of mm-hmm. uh, Jeff uh, talking with her. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, no wonder. Like, she's a part of that whole like milieu of, and I don't know how many of those people are bots or like, I think like, and I have a theory. I think part of this um, is also instigated by people within the Democratic Party uh, because, and the reason I say this is because it only, it's residing in the online space, right? And so, in in order, you know, let, they'll like this whole thing with like force the vote, um, the whole thing against lesser evil voting. Uh, it keeps like this whole thing keeps 
the the debate within the online space. Now, once it reaches like the television, like CNN or MSNBC, like did you see them do uh, segments on force the vote or this emerging debate on uh, between the online left or the fact that the squad has uh, left critics? You don't see that uh, on MSNBC or CNN. Now, Fox News will say it every once in a while to exploit it, but, like, nah, like, I don't know if a lot of normies know that this whole thing actually exists. Uh, so, there's that. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, like, that's what's so funny to me about the egos in this space, because most people don't know who any of these people are. Most people don't even know who, what TYT is. Like, that's the thing, like, most people don't know you. <laughs> so the ego just cracks me up. But the uh, but they're known to a certain group of people. It's kind of like, I can't believe I'll say this motherfucker's name, uh, but Umar Johnson. You think a lot of people outside <laughs> in mainstream need a, who, who Umar Johnson is? No. Uh, like, he's confined to that space and he's willing to keep uh, his um, followers to himself. And so that's sort of like the same thing that they're operating under. All right. So, oh, and uh, by the way, I saw your uh, UNJB's episode on cultural appropriation uh, with like white rappers and uh, white art, you know, white people doing like, like cultural appropriation. I'll say, um, as far as the white rapper thing, um, there's a lot of like white rappers. I don't say in general, like just a lot of uh, people within hip hop don't actually aren't actually having a lot of uh, staying power. Like, I mean, they just started to allow hip hop to be uh, accepted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, so the only like white rap sec, uh, groups I could think of is like what Beastie Boys and Eminem just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, right? So, um, there's that, but um, other than that, like, um, yeah, like, uh, there's not like, like. Yeah, you'll see these people get pushed like the Little Zans or uh, Jack Harlow's um, and then early in career like uh, Mac Miller, but like they didn't, I think the only one that would have had staying power is Mac Miller, but like those people aren't necessarily going to have the staying power uh, that like a, a Eminem or Beastie Boys at. Like they're not focused on um, people uh like, um, and I'm gonna say some names, like, this is like hip hop nerd shit, but, but like, nonfiction or slug from atmosphere or, um, rest in peace idea, like, you know, idea from rhyme sayers, anybody who grew up listening to that, or like, you know, even the uh, stuff from the raucous days, like, there's a lot of like white rappers, and I'll even say, like, um, there's uh, Eternia from Canada, 
who's a white female rapper. Like, uh, unfortunately, like Iggy Azalea ruined it for a lot of, uh, for white women who would have wanted to get in rap, but like, cause she didn't have the respect for the art form. Um, she ruined it, but like, yeah, there have been like a lot of white rappers that, uh, don't actually get noticed for their work for actually having some uh, respect for the game and you get these like these really bad examples now as far as macklemore i never really seen him as a culture appropriate i've seen him as a dude who actually loved hip-hop actually like respected the culture it's just he wants so badly to be accepted. He honestly he, he kind of has the same problem with uh, as Drake. Like, you know he wants to be accepted by the core fan base, but that's never going to happen. So, like, when things, like, the worst thing that could happen for his career is him winning the Rap Album of the Year award while Kendrick Lamar, a good kid, Mad City, is up for the award and then the whole cringeworthy thing with the letter like that's them desperately wanting to be accepted into the core community but it was just never going to happen so that's my opinion on that well said yeah i think that um i don't think mac lamore should have beaten kendrick lamar (laughs) <laughs> oh, I also, I also forgot to uh, mention evidence from dilated peoples, just so like anybody else to actually check him out. But, but yeah, I don't think he sh- he shouldn't have won that. Like even he said that like he shouldn't have won that. But that's just like who who runs the uh, the award ceremonies, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I think the thing that for me that stood out with uh, Macklemore was when he was. The thrift shop song, which I thought was a cool song, but it's like, I only got $20 in my pocket. He didn't only have $20 in his pocket. You're coming from a a privileged background. Like you're not coming from, like if Eminem said that, that shit would have made sense because Eminem came from the struggle. Like he understood, like he, he grew up in the struggle. He grew up in poverty. But when you find out like some of these rappers, like, Oh, I had to I had to struggle. I have to do this. I had to do that. Then you find out they came from like rich backgrounds and shit like that. And you're like, you did not have to struggle. Well, as far well, in the, his defense, though, um, Macklemore had actually had like a, um, over a decade in, in hip hop before. Like he, if you actually uh, listen to like, um, like. And I'm gonna say these some of these names again, like uh there was the whole like abstract or like nerd rap, like you know, the stuff that LP came from, Idea, Sage Francis, like that's kinda like uh the like the style that he originated from and then like he had a uh album called in two thousand five called Language of My World, like he actually had a song on there called um, White Privilege. And there was a sequel he did like years later, like after like the success of Thrift Shop. And so like he like 
he had spent time in the underground uh, before he got successful. It's just that um, I think um, Warner Brothers had uh, like made this division like for their distribution for independent artists. And so like he linked up with Ryan Lewis and like Ryan Lewis um, gave him a more like appealing sound than like people like Jake One, uh, who he originally was working with. Um, and yeah, he, he blew up from that. But like, yeah, after the whole debacle with the Grammy Awards, like he, like he never lived that shit down. Like he's, <laughs> people have made him like he's never lived it down. Like people have made him pay for just winning that and trying to at least like be apologetic about that. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Scotty. Um All right, peace. Thank you so much. Okay, I wanna go ahead and bring in um Zach and Roger and um, uh, wanna say anything? Oh no, no. Um yeah, I just wanted to um respond to uh brent earlier it's no shade anything like that it's just that he mentioned me so this is what i this is what i was thinking right um when he said if you just focus on state and local you'll never get what you want federally but the thing was we've been concentrating on the federal for the past few decades and things got worse that's right roger that's the whole reason for for focusing on what you can change at state and local ground up strategy not top down is how we change it you know it's more important who your governor is than who our president is it's more important who your state lawmaker is than who your congressman and u.s senator is for what comes from the state capitol has a more immediate profound direct impact on your life than anything that comes from dc at least with those states that allow for ballot initiatives placed on the ballot by uh, citizens we at least have some type of power to at least change that um, around us as of right now that's the only play we got um, now if you now look if you want to concentrate on the national strategy I have no problem with that you know what I'm saying but every time I turn around I'm hearing an, another story about what the federal government didn't do and things are getting worse and money to Ukraine and we can't stop them from doing this they do what we wanted they do anything that they want to do and don't listen to us or whatever the case is every single day i hear more and more reason that reinforces why we need to do it at state and local level from coming from the ground up you know so that's pretty much you know what i wanted to say or whatever the case is i just want to add in really quickly and i'll, I'll pass it to you zach um another thing i want to mention to people is that you know when it even comes to Medicare for all, when I interviewed Rokana, Rokana told me this is not going to happen on the federal level unless you have a president, a Congress, and a Senate that approves of it. Because even if the president, so say Bernie Sanders did get in, right? Even as Bernie Sanders tried to do it through executive order, Congress can veto it. So that's the, this is why this is important. So I said, well, at least he was honest. And so that's what people have to understand. Like, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer and I don't want people to think I'm just trying to be pessimistic here. I want you to understand like that was someone in Congress 
who was letting you know it's not going to happen unless you have all three on board. And we don't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. Not even an organized movement to actually push them to do something like that. So uh, you guys uh, really opened my eyes the other week when we were talking about that. Like, no, it's, you know, we it would be great to have it federally, but we can we can do these things and ballot initiatives and there are smaller battles that we can do that will ultimately win the war, you know, like the marijuana laws uh kind of applicable to that when every state is legal, not saying that, you know, the southern ones would be the last holdouts, but um when there's a block that are doing a Medicare for all or um, decriminalizing of drugs or something like that, um, the the citizens are freer to um, relax and, you know, be more economically secure because we wouldn't have to worry about uh, medical debt or anything like that when, um, when we have some states that are doing it. Um, I wanted to uh, chime in about the... Um, the third party thing, I, RBN, um, Nick and CJ, they had a, a stream uh, last week or a couple of days ago, and they were talking about um, the Green Party and how maybe, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but uh, maybe we should focus on them. There's already, we as in um, leftists and progressives should think about entering and um making the green party somewhere where we can actually focus on national as well as local, because I, I, I still believe that, you know, the, the federal government has the final say. Um, so if we're going to do a national play, we have to have an established mechanism um, and apparatus that is already on the ground. We it it take a decade, maybe two. I really believed in uh, the movement for a People's Party, even with all its faults. I I thought it was good that you know people's brains they like to um, focus on like the flashy stuff. But when it said movement, yeah, I I could see a lot of people like. Yeah, I'm not happy with this electoral system and the duopoly. I want to join a movement that is nonpartisan, um, that that just believes in these core tenets, um, and could be a big tent. And that's what I felt um, the People's Party was. Um, unfortunately, it kind of has had a downfall. Maybe it will rise again, but um, I, I think there. CJ and Nick actually convinced me that there's a real shot that uh, the Green Party could be that chance because they have almost 50% ballot access. So that's, you can vote for a candidate anywhere. They are very local. So inside, outside would work very well. Um, so I, I think I'm actually uh, in my state, I'm that that gave me some energy to look into um green party where i live and um uh 
maybe uh, canvas or even run in the future? I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, well said, Zach. Um, great points there. One thing I want to mention, too, for those of you who are anti-war, guess what? The Green Party is anti-war. So it's like they've always been that way. The first five years that after they were started, the first five years, they already had people in office, you guys. The first five years on the local level. So that's the thing. Like the Green Party has won on the local level. They haven't won in like a presidential election, of course. But I think, again, it goes back to the point that Roger was was saying why are we so focused on what we can do on the federal level instead of focusing on what we can do at the state level? And I say this because some of these progressive policies that Bernie Sanders had and squad members ran on, they're passing in the states. They're passing in the states. Colorado just passed free breakfast and lunch for all kids. All yeah, I was so proud of that. Yeah. So on the state level, these things are passing. They're just not passing on the national level. And the reason why they're not is because you have to get Congress and Senate and the president to approve. You don't have mm. to go through all that at the state level. And it's not just the states that have ballot initiatives. Some of these states, you can amend the Constitution. Kentucky amended their Constitution to make it so that women still have the right to choose. Mm. So this is the thing. And, and I, you know, it, it, it kills me when people say, why well, don't live in a ballot initiative state? There are other things that you can do. And yet most people I talk to, they don't know who their city councilors are. They don't know who the mayor is. Like the city councilor controls the budget. You should definitely know who they are. Yeah, it so almost think, feels helpless sometimes. Uh, I I have a lot of empathy for that. Yeah, and it's like, and guess what? You have access to your local politicians. I can go to a meeting that the mayor has here. I can go to a meeting that the city councilors have. I can go to a meeting that the governor has here. I can't go to a meeting in Congress. I can't go to a meeting in the Senate. I can't meet the president of the United States. We have no way of our voices being heard on the national level. And that's a big part of the problem. Even the way that we vote, we're not really letting our voices be heard. They're not talking to the people who are tired of both parties with the exception of Rokana. He's the only one willing to listen, but they're not he's talking. Clown. They're, yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not talking to these people. They're not listening to us. And so the thing is, is this, you know, I was never a part of MPP, despite what some pundits are saying. I was never a part of MPP. Yep. I didn't even know who the hell Nick Brana was. Until a couple months before I interviewed him, after the allegations came out. Just for people who were not aware. Which is why I was so brutal against him in that interview, because I had already had the data and the research, so I knew what was going on. I was the only one who interviewed his accuser. So make that make sense. So, because I hear, I heard some pundits were saying some stuff about me saying that, oh, she's Jimmy Dore's lapdog, and oh, yeah. she's a part of MPP. That's a flat out lie. They knew I was never a part of MPP. They knew I interviewed Zineb because they talked about it on their show and they knew that I interviewed Nick Brana and they said, good job on that interview, Sabby. Da, 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 da. They knew that. People are just lying. People are just outright lying because they know that the Democratic Party is not doing a good job. They know the progressive, the progressive members in Congress have sucked. A lot of them have sold out to freaking, um, they've sold out uh, Palestinians. Hmm. 
they don't want to support the, the Palestinian people. It's like, oh, I'll go ahead and sign on with APAC or I'll sign on and support the state of Israel so APAC doesn't put up money against me. Most of these people have sold out just so they could keep their seats or they could get a seat in. And they see it and they know it. But they got to keep pushing that lie because they built their brand on this whole strategy. So I think the thing is, is just that, look, the Green Party is already established. That's They've the most important thing that we have to consider because I I want a new party. I, I actually took in the, you know, I when CJ says something like electoralism is dead, I look at... I, I empathize with that message because, like, how can my voice be heard? You just said it. They're, they're not going to listen to me. No one. I'm. Gonna, no one's going to listen to me in in the federal government. So, how the the shortest lane to getting what I need to get done done concerning laws like Medicare for all and all that? It, it, it's a, something that's already established that we can all go to and easily crowdsource in and actually make a community of that's important too I, uh, I have a question oh. go ahead Roger Zach did you um, call call that number not yet I um, I have been sick for the last couple of weeks so I've, I've had some uh, stuff on my mind but I, I am getting to uh, what we talked about Okay. I mean, I, I wasn't like grading you or anything like that. No. Like, oh, give me an ass. No. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Also, uh, oh yeah, Sabrina. So, you just like how you were talking about just now about things getting done at the state and local level, right? Um, apply that to when you were talking about we had all these uh, George Floyd protests and nothing happened. And I was just like, well, wait, a lot of stuff happened. It just didn't happen at the federal level because I was keeping up in real time at what states were passing in the wake of George Floyd. I mean, even I remember reading about Iowa even passed some police accountability laws. I mean, it's all a blur now because it was like a couple of years ago. But I know when, you know, I already told you New York's uh, de Blasio, before he left, he, he canceled um, qualified immunity. We weren't able to get that statewide. But what we did get was we, um, there was this thing called 50A where police disciplinary records would be sealed and can't be used against them in court. Okay, so we got rid of that. Um, we were also able to, um, it, it didn't go enough all the way for me, but we were also able to get rid of, um, the DA is no longer in charge of prosecuting police. Now it's been transferred to a special independent prosecutor in the state attorney general's office who has no uh, former or, or uh, relationship with, with the police. Um, so, yeah, no, there, there, there's some things that got done in, in, in state and local with the, with police accountability. Um, That's true. I, I was going to say uh, Somerville, Massachusetts actually defunded part of their police department. 
Um, I'm trying to get them to come on because it's hard to get them because it was actually students that were a part of this initiative, but they actually defunded part of the police department after this this whole um, incident with George would happen and they they pushed the students like pushed for that. So Roger's right on the local level, some things did happen. And state. Um, and one and one more thing. Now, what I want to try to do is I want to try to marry two states. Like, all right, so this is what I mean. The biggest thing that's gonna that's going to uh, the biggest obstacle to single payer healthcare statewide, right? are the taxes, is the, is the financing. So this is the reason why I always keep saying you have to have a state public bank. Yes, Roger, to, I've been learning about that. Mm-hmm. Right. To undergird, to undergird everything, okay? Um, because it's like, all right, so let me give you like a little analogy here. Years ago, okay. Um, if you look, if you look through the speed oh, trap, hold on. Ahead. my bad, sorry. You don't need that kind of negative energy. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Marvel Comics books from the late seventies, early eighties. If you look through them and you go to the little commercial parts, right, and they would, I don't know, advertise some store, whatever, they would show all of the heroes standing on a plank right and underneath them was the hulk holding it up now why do i say that picture each of those heroes as single payer health care edu- uh, education for k through 12 public schools picture it as a government jobs guarantee subsidies to uh, to to support minimum wages for small business by hiking it up or, um, you know, hiking up the minimum wage or outlawing private equity from owning housing or making sure that, you know, uh, healthcare institutions are not profit driven, right? So imagine each of those heroes, Captain America, Falcon, Spider-Man, all those are that. The Hulk, which is underneath, would be a state-run public bank. You see what I'm saying? because it's going to undergird and be in finance all of that. So when I said marriage of two states, I'm like, wow, you got people, we got, we're trying to do something where we're trying to pass single payer healthcare statewide and all, and all these other things. But, and like Sol said before in Florida, he said he wants to um, legalize cannabis, right? And I said, well, that's all good, but without a public bank, where are you going to put the uh, cannabis profits? Because you can't put them in um, banks because as long as they want that insurance FDIC from the federal government, they got to abide by federal banking regulations. So so there needs to be a public bank that will insure those credit unions and community banks so that they can deposit their uh, uh, weed profits in the, uh, what do you call it, in credit unions and, and what do you call it, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, community banks, right? So now I look at the only state that has a public bank and it is North Dakota. Of course. And, and they have, they are a ballot initiative state to the extreme. Yep. But no, one, no one's running single payer. <laughs> I'm like, 
yo, that would be the perfect test case to show the maximum strength of how a statewide public bank can undergird single-payer healthcare statewide um, and all those other policies that I just named um, before, whatever the case is. Because people have to understand, the Public Bank of North Dakota was more, in 2014, was more profitable than Goldman Sachs, okay? During the 2008 financial crisis, none of their community banks they don't uh -oh. engage in speculatory behavior. Speed trap. Oh, New York City got way too energy. Got um, <laughs> they got uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's crazy. They got um more more uh, credit unions and community banks per capita than any other state in the country. Okay, um, and they always run in surplus mode, and you don't have to raise taxes. And or create new taxes for that to create that um, to get that revenue and create that surplus. They are always think, running in surplus mode. I think North that's the most important thing to get people sold on uh, that because yes, I I you know I'm a leftist, but God, if I don't um, vote against every new tax proposal in my city because. They just want to bleed us dry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, and, and, the, and the thing is now, it's all about using leverage, right? So, like I said before, California, they were like, hey, can we have a public bank, please? And he was like, no. Can we have a public bank, please? No. So they said, fuck it. We're going to, you know, we're going to run a ballot initiative. And soon as them politicians, soon as Gavin Newsom saw that thing coming up the pike and saw that that it was gaining momentum he's you know politicians got egos they want to take credit for shit all of a sudden they pass a public banking bill that allows municipalities to have to uh, charter their own public banks yep. okay so that was using leverage using the ballot initiative you feel what i'm saying you got to like i said it's not about your queen it's knowing how to use your rooks, rooks knights bishops and pawns you know and um no, that's the, I mean, and, and now they're, they're, they're forming, you know, a public bank, LA, uh, uh, I think San Diego, some other joint. I was just on um, the monthly public banking Institute, uh, called, um, last week and Philly is doing, a, is, is doing a lot of things. You know, they're trying to get their public bank up and going and it's all about the, the most important thing. It's all about who you put on the board and how they are appointed. Because what you want to do is you want to make sure those who represent the public, community, environmental interest um, are the are, always is in the majority of those who um, have a background in running a community bank, a credit union, um, some state depository thing, or whatever the case is. You see what I'm saying? So, because you want to keep it honest. So this way, even if they were to get somebody from Wall Street on there, they'll be blunted by and outnumbered by those who represent um, marginalized communities, and the environment, good governance, all of that. So any piece well of legislation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, you talk. Well said, well said. Um, 
I want to go, I want to make sure I bring in uh, the next caller, uh, Zach, where you finish yeah. with um, your so statement as well. The last thing I've been thinking about, the last, I just, I think we can't run around with chicken, like chickens with their heads cut off. It, it's admirable to have multiple groups. I think to get what we need to get done, we have to consider, and people might say, yes, that's, you know, didn't it failed with the Democratic Party. But we have to be thinking about one, it, it's almost like a union, one group, one party, where we're all in it pushing back against the powerful. And that's where I will leave you, Savvy. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Saul and Ashura. You're also um, a speaker. Robin, you're also a speaker. Um, Ashura, go ahead. We'll pivot to Saul. Yeah. Hi, Savvy. Hello. I didn't know you were getting uh, piled on on the weekend. I barely even go on Twitter unless I got to do something. <laughs> um, as for Jordan Jared and like, uh, I think he knows what he's doing. He's just he's just bullshitting people. Um, he probably realized that uh, going on breaking pits it didn't do nothing for him. I mean, his numbers have been stuck. He's been at that same number ever since he joined Breaking Points. And now he probably thinks that, uh, well, if I want to get people, I'm just gonna basically cause trouble for everybody else. But I'm like, I'm like, dude, man, your 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 wife is giving birth to your child, and you're on fucking Twitter. <laughs> you're on fucking Twitter, <laughs> messing with people. I mean, I I would think you would choose where where's the, where's the higher priority priority here? Your wife wasn't labor giving birth to your kid, or beefing on Twitter with black people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people, a reasonable person would be like, man, I'll fucking deal with that shit. Maybe two days later, I'll deal with it. Or, But not right now. I'm like, was he doing it while he's doing it? Was he, was he while his wife was pushing the kid out? I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't I know. Mean, the whole thing to me was just really weird. It was really bizarre. Like, Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm he, like, I've seen movies where basically the dad is stressed when the baby's coming out, and sometimes they... Sure. They, Sure, he needed to get those uh, ratings up, man. Yeah, man, because I'm like, you know, because I've seen movies where the, the, the they would like the operation, not the operation, the the, um, the the birth room where dads just pass out. Maybe Jordan's way was just, you know, let me just go after some black people, <laughs> just tweet as for real, yapping out. That shit was insane. I don't yeah. understand, like, how, like, a, like a dad would like take a time and like i'm gonna i'm gonna blast some black people on twitter while my wife is having a baby well he had been already doing that stuff you guys he just hadn't done it publicly like that yeah. was the thing like he had been saying stuff to us behind the scenes well, yeah I've, that's I've true him, I've, been doing, uh, I've seen him doing it on twitter but he does it in a way where he doesn't he doesn't say who, he, who he's attacking mm, he's he sent personal messages via dm as well Oh, nice. Thank you for yeah. the receipts. I still have all of that stuff. By the way, for those of you listening, um, be careful what you send to people via DM on Twitter, because even if that person blocks you or you block them, guess what? DMs are never completely erased from Twitter, even yeah, if you true. delete it. <laughs> yeah, it's like an experiment with Jimmy Dore. <laughs> it's like... Uh... Basically, Jimmy Dore make, make uh, Anika Sparrow lying on Jimmy Dore and basically saying that oh they just he she just decided to attack her out of out of the blue and Jimmy Dore that was the, show the DM that was like beautiful it was like the that last was beautiful. time 
Yeah, the last time he contacted it was like 2016. Why are you doing attacking him now? That was nice. I loved it. That was beautiful. Like, she got defaced on real time. I do remember that. It just, you're right. Like, I I, I do think people, some people spend too much time on Twitter. (laughs) And it's just for me, like, most of the time, like, I post on Twitter and I hop off. Like, most of the time. Like, I'm honestly kind of mad at myself that I even engaged you know what I mean? Facts. Like with them. Cause yep. typically I don't do that. Typically I'm just like, Oh, whatever. But I just got tired of the lies. Like I got tired of him. He had already been doing that. That's what you guys don't know. Yeah. What if, uh, what I, if, I seen uh, it. I seen it though. I seen all that shit. I was like looking at that stuff and I was like, Oh my God, this kid is going to get owned. What if Sam Cedar chipped it and just decided to pop in? I mean, he tries to mansplain you again. <laughs> Sam Cedar. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, did Sam Cedar pop in? I mean, did he, did he try to second mansplain? It's just like they're they're not serious. It's like they just think that like. It's all it's all clickbait. It is. It is just, you know, like I said, like if you guys saw what was happening with some of those other channels, you guys would understand why they're coming after the, us the way that they are. Like, like Ashura just said, like they're not growing. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're like, falling. They're falling hard, though. They're falling really hard. Specifically, specifically the Vanguard. I mean, they were at the Vanguard. Their numbers, basically, I don't get what the what the fuck is with that number. It's like every time they want to boost a number, they bring in Kakolinski. Now Kakolinski comes every now and then on the Vanguard, and that number is dropping back down. And I'm looking at RBN and Sabi. I'm like, they're gonna pass the Vanguard anytime soon. It's just it's the same thing with Jackson. They had way more fucking subs than Jackson, and Jackson just blew past them. Yes. Here's yep. the thing, because people don't want to hear about podcaster beefs every day. Like, don't exactly. get me wrong. I think is one of those things where it's like, I think they did that in the beginning and it was getting them the numbers and the views, right? And the subs. But then what happens is after a while, people get tired of like hearing the same, it's destiny versus Vosh. It's Jimmy Dore versus Ryan Grimm. It's Sam Cedar versus Anna Kasparian. So-and-so versus... After a while, it gets old. And JB brought up this earlier today. Like, ask someone like Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams will tell you, guess what? The gossip, the gossip lane, professionally, like as a career, it has a short shelf life. Yep. Yeah. Facts. Because that, that, the new topic now is uh, Jimmy Dore's burner account. I'm like, the fuck? No, because uh, Jimmy Dore got canceled, like, blocked by a lot of people that, like, turn on him. Yeah. And they like to like, talk shit about him yep. under, like, after they block him. And then he had to get a burner because how he's not going to respond to shit, like, against his character, like, against his stuff. Like, if Sabby was blocked by somebody... I, I'm pretty sure like we'll come to her defense. Like, yo, you may not talk about Savvy like that because we we on you. But that's the thing. Like, lots of people have burner accounts. When you get you block somebody, that's not new. I was like, why yeah, is it that's Jimmy Dore yeah. has one? It's that's a big thing. I think CJ even has a, an account where he said he would block here. He had to basically use another account. CJ says yeah. he had one. Or if people get yeah. suspended. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, mean, I got suspended a couple of times. It's like Jimmy Dore can't fucking do anything without somebody coming for him. When did he become? Yeah, but they have, they have, 
But the thing no, let is, me, like, let me put it this way. Go ahead, go ahead, Sabi. Sorry. They have nothing else to talk about. They have right. nothing else to talk about. Like, why are you doing a story about a burner account, regardless of who it is? Like, that's not news. It's like, is this what I do? Like, when I see somebody uh, make a make a point about my grammar and not my statement, I'm like, why are you pointing out my grammar, and not what I'm saying? Oh, you mean on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter. Like, I, 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 I am a keyboard oh, I get, I, I get that warrior. Like. Yeah, I'm like I, I can't I can't spell for shit sometimes because sometimes I'm I'm so angry like angry and I'm blah, blah 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 and I and I mistype something and right away they go oh you mispunctuated this and this guy is idiot because he doesn't know how to write or spell I'm like did you get the point though like I'm pretty sure you got the point though <laughs> you know what I mean yeah uh, I just think like my advice to people like my advice to people is just like honestly. I've seen the numbers. I've seen the numbers on Social Blade, so I know where some of these channels are going and where they're not going. And I'm just telling you, people, a lot of people are mad at us because they're not they're not growing at all. Like when I say at all, I mean they're not even getting one sub a day. No, how, how are you guys responsible? Yeah. How are you guys no, responsible? Not. I mean, it's it's their fault for not basically giving topics that people want to hear. Sabi, Sabi and RBN are not responsible for their dipping um people because people are looking for truth and it doesn't matter where it comes from it, it, even if they're not going to like what sabi or rbn is saying it's truth and people are going to be drawn to truth and that's a fact yeah uh on the topic of the trump announcement i don't think he's <laughs> gonna win I, I don't think he's gonna win i think it's gonna be the same bullshit as 2020 because trump has trump basically he, he's gone on that uh, that he's going on that. What do they call it? Uh, the thing they say that the culture war thing. And if he br- if he opens his mouth and brings like the election again, that turned a lot of fucking people off. Like, just shut up about it, man. Just, just, fi- just, just focus on what the Democrat is doing wrong, and try to pull a uh, fucking snake oil salesman shit and pretend that you're gonna basically do some shit, mm-hmm. just like you did last time. He didn't do anything when he got, got in office. But he by the way, none, none of them have though. By the way, it's all rhetoric. It's all like talk until they get elected. Then oh, forget you. Yeah, because I don't think uh, Joe Biden versus uh, uh, versus uh, Joe Biden versus Trump is going to do something. Maybe Joe Biden versus uh, Ron DeSantis. I would probably watch that one. And for no, some reason, it's going to be the same thing. DeSantis now. I don't know why. It's it's a circus, right? Like they need you to come into the theater. They need you to come into the theater, and they draw upon that aspect of your intellect. Like, okay, now we have Biden falling off. Now we have a new a new uh, uh, Titan warrior called DeSantis, which is the same thing. It's a duopoly. It's the same thing. They want you to be in that theater so you stay engaged with them and you stay angry but we're not doing that what roger meadows rbn and roger uh, uh, and case study is doing is educating on that you have the power to do things on your own state level right like we're not we're not we're not giving you yes. a savior exactly. we're not giving you a person to idolize and you know i really thought that bernie was really going to be the one to save us and i i realized i learned the hard way and i lost Never a lot of money white doing man. so that like you just there is no one person that is coming to save you. We exactly. have to save ourselves. And I think that's yep. a big part of the problem is like, 
They keep selling this pipe dream of like, what if it's this candidate? What if it's that candidate? It doesn't matter who it is. If they're going into the two-party system, they belong to that party. They don't belong to us. And that's a big part of the problem. It's like a kid that comes with a basketball, right? And and it's like, okay, I'm losing, so I'm going to take my basketball court, uh, my basketball away. So now everybody's sitting there like, oh shit, now we can't play. Because that yeah. white that that person has the power to take away your rights and your voice. So why are we giving them our voice when we can That's do things right. on our on our on our on on state levels in community levels like Roger which I love so much because Roger has educated me so hard and I'm, I'm here, man. I'm doing my thing. I'm fighting for that. You know, my little voice and what Sabi and RBN are doing is not giving you a savior. They're giving you a voice. They're not trying to give you a savior. That's right. Because I'm telling you at the end of the day, and like my dad will say the same thing. None of them are going to save you. You know, like, like we have to do it ourselves. CR, you want to come in? You just have to unmute. Yeah, no worries. I was just waiting my turn patiently. Um, Yeah, the, I mean, I hate to kind of be overly simplistic here, but I mean, obviously it's it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, that's, it's why we've had kings and rulers and warlords and tribal leaders and elders since, you know, the dawn of, uh, humanity you know what i mean so that that part isn't really a mystery we don't really have to think too hard about that right <laughs> I, that's that's just that's just human nature it's the way that we've been uh, organized for a very long time so when when we're trying to approach these things where people are obsessed about electoral politics we have to keep that in mind whether it doesn't matter whether democrat republican libertarian independent whatever you know what i mean we're all looking for that one individual that can save yeah. them Right. You know, that's, no. that's why Jesus is so potent and so on. So, so. <laughs> it's just it's just uh, we have uh, a lot. As, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, as, I'm not saying that's how we think. I'm not saying that's how we think here in, in this particular mm-hmm. circle. But I'm saying like, how we approach people outside our frame of thinking. It's, it's, it's important to remember that you're working against, you know, almost 100,000 years of evolutionary programming. An empire. Diverse, by the, yeah. Well, no, no, before any of that, again, again, like I said, it's farther back than that to as a group of people, as a group of, you know, cave people or, or, or uh, nomads or whatever, there had to be a, a tribal leader, a war leader, somebody that the group can look to, you know, pack mentality is built into our DNA, right? Yes, so correct. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so we, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, uh, obsess over too much about why the general populace tends to focus on that kind of rat race because that's that plays into uh, uh, our, our natural programming, right? You know, so I, I don't really give a lot of credence to the kind of uh, that 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 whole that whole aspect of it where people are like, oh, don't they understand? You could do more here than there. You know, uh, yeah. generally yeah. that's 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 a failure of communication on our part because we like to come in and tell people like, oh, don't you understand this why X Y and Z? But the reality of is it that it, 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 if somebody thinks something. Uh, uh, um, instinctively, it's not a conscious, you know, uh, individualistic level of thought. They're not thinking about, you know, uh, you know, when they think about Democrat and Republican, it appeals to that very tribalistic kind of aspect. Mm -hmm. And we want to, because we're, we're all such wonky nerds about this stuff and we follow ballot initiatives and we follow mayor's races and, 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 and uh, uh, all these kind of different local things. These, 
Go it's ahead. also thousands and thousands of years of manipulation of the way we think because they they owned our our words and our names. So right now we're like working our way out of that deep sleep that we we were in. That's what RBN and, and Savvy are trying to bring up. It's not against the white person is per se. It's not against uh, the people that are trying to fight with us because we love that. We love to see, to see uh, the CRs and Ashur. Ashur, I'm pretty sure he's black. I, I don't know if you're black or not, but I heard that word in your voice. You're black. <laughs> and Roger Meadows, like that, that man right there, like he's an encyclopedia of knowledge. I mean, if you need to know anything about stuff, about your district, about your state, he will, he will educate you on that. I'm a warrior on all the things that are being brought about now, like with RBN and uh, like JB with his struggle, because we, we always look at um, the, the greater picture. Like we want to participate in this uh, democracy, the, the, the voting, and, and, and you got to be one this or one that or that party or that party. No, what, what RBN and CJ and JB and Roger Meadows and Case Study is showing you is that you have the power right now to do that on your own. You don't need to look for a politician or anybody to give you that voice. You have that voice already. Or even a network. Like, I, I, yes. I, 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 I hate to kind of like slightly. No, you're right. No, you're right. No, you're right. I, I, we you're obviously, right, obviously you and I both agree that we enjoy their work and we find it as earnest and honest and on, on the yes. level. But again, just like we have found out by putting our, uh, um, our faith and our tribal allegiance in somebody like Bernie, this is how we become blinded. And we miss the mm -hmm. fact that Bernie had been sheepdogging people into the Democratic Party since the 90s, all right, since Bill yeah. Clinton's administration. So everybody now that tries to keep talking about like how they, oh, I was so disappointed by Bernie. The problem with that is, is that I hate to say it to every single one of you people that are listening right now, you did not do your research. You looked for a savior and you did not look into the decades of him doing the bidding of the Democratic Party. Okay. Yep. And we have, we have to take responsibility of, for that now. And that was the original point that I was saying about realizing the, 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 the kind of psychological game that we're playing because that's what they do. The powerful, the 1% of the 1% uses these kind of divisive politics to keep us fighting amongst each other so that we do not focus on the real things that we can across the aisle to use that kind of nomenclature can come mm -hmm. together on. Okay. So we, we have to admit that we can't just be like, Oh, Bernie burned me. Uh, Bernie let me down. No, I let me down. We yes. all let each other down. We did not yep. do our due diligence. And so that's, what's important right now. It's not so much that you look to RBN to educate you, is but look, look to the, oh, let me finish this thought and then I'll let you talk. Mm -hmm. We can't look to RBN and other places to educate us. You cannot. What we can do is we can't look to them to oh. teach us how to educate ourselves because that is going to be the most important thing. It's never about what a teacher tells you to think. It's about a teacher that tells you how to think and how to think critically. So that is going to yes, be the most important takeaway. True. As we look yeah. to RBN and the folks now and say, you know, we appreciate their message and we're behind them, we cannot elevate them beyond our own level. They are human beings just like us, and we have to participate just as much in educating ourselves because that ultimately learning to think critically for oneself. And I know I sound like I'm being very preachy from a soapbox, but this, 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 I, oh, I, you I, sound I, like I, hearing. 
But I'm just saying, as I'm listening <laughs> to this whole, I'm listening to this whole discourse that like we, we, you know, we want to blame certain groups and we want to blame left infighting and we want to blame the Democrat. We've known what the Democrats were this whole time. We've known what Joe Biden was 40 fucking years ago. We've known what oh, all yeah. these kind of people are, right? So the, the fact of the matter is, is that when we look at our fellow shit libs and we see that, well, of course I have to vote for Biden, not Trump. We are, we want to yell at them and go, oh, how did you know about this? How did you know about that? Instead of trying to get them to understand how to think critically for themselves. Because if they come to the answer themselves, instead of you beating over the head with it, it'll be far more potent. So that is the most important thing, how we learn to teach each other to think critically. That's right. So this, is, CJ, this is really important. Yeah, so, um, this is, I just want to say, this is really important what CR just said, because yeah. again, I, I think he's 100% correct. A lot of times we don't do our research. Look, I didn't do my research about Barack Obama. Exactly. And so I was like, Barack Obama disappointed me. But if I had done my research, I wouldn't have been disappointed. And the majority of voters don't do their research on these candidates. They just listen to what they say. They listen to their speeches. They listen to the debates. Um, they see what political party they're attached to. And they're like, okay, well, that's my party. So I'm going to vote for that person. Like, this is a big part of the problem. Most people don't do their research beyond what is 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 taught to them, right? So, for example, a lot of people watch mainstream media. Most people that watch media watch mainstream media, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. Most people don't do their research based on what they say. So they'll watch a segment on CNN or Fox News, but then they won't do their own research to see, let me see if what they're saying is correct. Most people don't do that. That's that's a big part of the problem. So CR is correct. Like even those of us at RBN, we're not saviors. We're just here yep. to teach, but then it's up to you guys to take what you learn and teach yourselves and teach people mm -hmm. your community. And, and right. like you said, critical thinking, like you have to do this. And the thing is, is like, I'm glad he made that point. Cause I really do want to be clear about that. Like, we're not, we're not saviors. We don't have all the answers either. Teachers, you're teachers. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not making people do what they, they don't want to do. You're teachers. Whatever right. they do and with I'll, their education is up to them. Right. And I'll tell you guys the same thing I used to tell my students. All I'm here, all I can do, like as I was their advisor, all I can do is give you the information and teach you. But after you have that information, it's up to you to actually act on it. And so yep. sometimes the students, they wanted someone to hold their hand and walk them through action. And that was not a part of my job. Part of Thank my you. job was just to teach them. Once I taught them, they had to do it. And sometimes they didn't like that. And I told them, I'm like, listen, when you graduate and you get a job, guess what? They're going to give you the information, but then you have to do the work. Yeah. They're not going to do it for you. Then no one's going to be there to hold your hand. So some I'll people call you... that, that tough love, me... but that's just the reality of the world. Let me give you some context of who I am, right? I was a kid in the in the eighties and nineties, right? I grew up a, a, around gangs. Like, if you weren't in a gang, you're gonna get your ass beat up. Your your lunch money is gone, or you're gonna get a black guy. Basically, that's where I was born. So what I did, and my brother and I did, we went to Langston Hughes Library, and we we sat there. It, we we found safety in libraries because education was our way out. So that's where I come from. I don't listen to RBN because they, I want to hear what I want to hear. I'm listening to RBN because they're the black perspective of my culture also, because I'm Latino. So we grew up 
in a parallel version of our own culture. So we educated ourselves on everything, not just I went to all I went to all libraries and checking out every culture before I had a, an idea of what I wanted to say. And when I listened to Roger Meadows and case study look, and, and and CR, by the way, dude, you, you brought up a major points out there. And I don't I don't come to to Sabby Sabs to like hear what I want to hear. I want to hear Sabby Sabs to hear her perspective on what she's doing and what, what RBN is doing, not because I want to be part of what they're doing. I, I would love to be part of it. And I think I am basically because I'm here with you guys. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, this resonates with me. And when something resonates with you, it hits your core. It hits what you were founded on. So I'm not here to like elevate anybody or I'm here to just say truth, to say that Sabi Sabs, Roger Meadows are doing the work. And I'm, we're not here to like put anybody down. I'm not here to put anybody down at all because when I go to other networks and I try, I try to speak with another white network and they're like, oh shit, you being too, too native. You, my, my, yeah, I was on, uh, uh, I'm not going to put her under the bus right now, but I was on one, uh, other talk show and I started talking about my native skin and one of them got offended. I was like, you don't know my struggle. Like, I know you, I don't know your struggle. You're white. I'm talking about my struggle. So they got offended. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. They don't like yeah. when people talk about race. I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. I don't talk to them anymore. Um, yeah. So like, I'm here because I, I love I love this beauty that RBN and JB because JB resonates with me because I was homeless, you know, and I, and, and I had nobody coming. I don't. I didn't know how to do GoFundMe. By the way, that shit didn't exist in the '90s. GoFundMe, that wasn't yeah. there. <laughs> So like, yeah. So like, I feel what what JB went through. Like, I wish that I had mm -hmm. the like I said, if I hit the lotto, man, Sabby Sabs RBN would have their own network. Like, there will be no shutdown on their network at all, because that voice needs to be heard. Because there's a lot of um like uh the Jordan Sheridans and the and, and the uh what's his name, the guy from Canada, the pretty boy. I forgot oh. his name. Uh, oh. Noel. Yeah, David Dole, David Dole, yeah, whatever his name is. They have the money to, like, do all this stuff, and then now they're propagating on stuff that we're trying to – we're trying to – yeah, David Dole, exactly. They're trying to rush in. Like, I'm sorry about – I know that Sabby likes Dave, uh, Jackson Hinkle. That dude, to me, is a grifter to me. Like, he is a super grifter. He's jumping I in. And, I, I don't know that I would say I necessarily like Jackson Hinkle. Oh, um, I'm not saying I, that either, though. I'm just saying yeah. that like you respect his points, by the way. That's what I I'm respect. Saying. I respect some of his points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I don't. Because I made it very clear to Jackson, I do not agree with the whole MAGA communism thing. And he came out like, <laughs> have you seen his new his new uh, pictures with all these rich people? Is he still uh, doing the MAGA communism thing? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. <sighs> Even I mean, Jimmy that's, doesn't that's, buy that's that an, shit. It's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. It's the fiscally conservative, liberally, socially liberal. It, it's that same. You can't be fucking socially liberal and fiscally conservative when you need to be liberal with finances in order to be socially liberal. It's a fucking oxymoron. And I could go into the ah, my head's gonna explode. I mean, the mega yep. communism thing is not. And the fucking dude was selling shirts for Z. Yep. 
the the Z yeah. army in Russia. That is not anti-war, but yet he tries to tell people that he's anti-war. Jimmy Dore is introduced him multiple times in his show as anti-war. No, he still has him on though. He yeah, still has I know. Him on. Trust me, I hate it. I'm just my only thing I'll say. He's selling shirts to to benefit people who do war. He cheers on every single solitary advance of the Russians. Which is fine. You don't have to be against the Russians, but cheering on fucking war does not make you anti-war. Selling shirts that emblemize a fucking a, a military fucking outfit does not make you fucking anti-war. It's posting 100%. things like the only people the only people that hate me are the people that don't look as good as me. That's the kind of shit that he posts on fucking Twitter. I think so I think the letters on the shirt. Fraud. I think the letters on the shirt are based on Zelensky removing certain alphabet uh, Ukraine letters. I think that's what it that's there's what a, it is. There's a Z, there's a Z, there's a Z battalion in Russia. It's one of the main ones that's fighting on the front lines against the Azov. Yeah, was right. Yeah, I thought sorry. it was like is correct on that. No, Zelensky, Zelensky did. Zelensky did try to ban the letter Z in Ukraine as well as did a bunch of other like Germany and so on and so forth because it is the the name. But they're not going to ban the Azov battalion, but they'll fucking ban the letter Z. Sorry, I'm at a meet myself very good cr you are good on that though i like cr cr is pretty good on that yeah i want to make sure saul i'm just going to invite you as a speaker because i want to make sure dave gets a chance to uh come in as well and i also want to welcome case steady qb hi case you just have to unmute i love case yeah so saul you just have to accept the uh invite much love to y'all where where do i do that Saul and uh, Sabi, it's good to I be. I think with I'm still here. Okay. Um, you should receive a notification for invite. Well, I'll just make Andrew a, um, a speaker as well. Um, okay. So, Case, what's your take on all of this? Yeah. 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 So, um, on on uh, Trump announcement or or just basically the Jimmy, um, not Jimmy. Uh, what's that? Jackson Hinkle. Uh, yep. Yeah, Jackson Hinkle, I'm not, and what's up, Will Pilgrim? Much love to you. Uh, I haven't, he's not somebody that I, I listen to a lot, I'll be honest with you. And I watch a lot of people. Like, I watch people yep. that don't agree with each other. I like to get a variety of views. It's just that um, I, I listen where I find value, and I find value when I listen to Savvy Savvy. You had a great uh, show the other day when you had that Fire. person where you talked about the Pennsylvania. Uh, prison and how they, I think it was Pennsylvania or um, where they apologized because they were taught um, oh, yeah. experiments on black prisoners. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I, I, I talked to my church um, meeting that was about fire. that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really good. So I find, I, I listen to places where I find value. Even more, like I watch Morning Joe, as we all know, I clip mainstream media, but I find value there because I, I like to hear how they think. You know, it, it introduces me, it puts me in bubbles where I'm I'm not welcome or where I can't have access to. Like when you watch Morning Joe, when you see me clip Morning Joe stuff, that's the inside the Washington bubble, right? That's yeah. how they speak to each other. And that's just our glimpse into it. So with mm -hmm. Jackson Hinkle, I think I've listened to him before and then I see him come on, on other people's show. It's just... I just, for some reason, and I'm not trying to knock the guy. I don't, also don't listen to Vosh. Vosh. I don't listen to Destiny. I, yeah, don't I, don't, I don't listen to... Um, the only reason I know about Destiny is because the Count Kaliski debacle. Yeah, yeah. But I do, for the most part, there are a lot of left people that I do listen to. So that's my opinion on him, Saps. 
Well, how do you feel about the whole Trump announcement thing, Case? <laughs> yeah, the so the Trump announcement that we knew that was coming. I I, I will <laughs> confess, you guys are all going to get mad at me right now, but it's okay. No, we're That's not. It's all family, ahead, right? Say it. I am say part it. of that eleven percent that I think that um, what's his name can beat Trump. Biden, I believe, could probably beat. And this is the reason why he Trump has, and, and some people brought it up here too. He doesn't have that same fire that he used to have. He soundboard. And then with all of the um all the case stuff going on where he's about to get indicted and all this. Like and then the Republican Party and by the way, the Republican Party was against him before he ran the first time. And then when he won, that's when they all got behind him. But this right. time around it's like it's something different. Like they really they got DeSantis now in the wings, so they're really gonna try to get rid of him now. I do agree if he does get the nomination, he they're all gonna come behind him and you know, they they're gonna try to push I him think, over I, the top. I think Go DeSantis ahead. is is the black horse. Like he's gonna mm-hmm. come in and, and just shake up shit. Because mm-hmm. people are tired with the Trump and Biden thing. Biden can't even formulate a sentence anymore. And he can't, mm-hmm. like he was with Xi Jinping and he tripped. Like he just walked Oh, up I wouldn't want Biden. Yeah. You saw I'm that, right? Actually, Biden. I think it was your clip that <laughs> that I saw and I read every yeah. two I was like, this guy can't even walk two steps and he trips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want Biden as president again. I definitely a matter of fact, a, a recent clips that I there was um I think what's the name? Bashardi Sellers or Bacardi, Bacardi Sellers, Sellers. Was on, yeah, Bacardi CNN. Sellers, yeah. And he said that he was like, yeah, I think that progressives are going to try to uh, primary him from the left. And the panel that he was on on CNN, they were so appalled. They're like, what? Are you, uh, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. But then um, this guy, John Acosta, on Bill Maher, he was saying, oh and he was with Ro Khanna, he was saying, no, I don't think the progressives, especially progressives that's in Congress, are going to primary him from the left. So there is an interesting debate going on. I don't support Biden for president again, um, but we'll see what happens there. But, that, but, but that's so, kind of so, the end, though, because we knew Biden's going to run, and any progressive that basically says they're going to run against Biden, they're not going to run against Biden. No, they're not. Uh, Ro no. told me that, too, himself. He said that he's against mm-hmm. anybody uh, primary challenging Joe Biden. I put a link in the chat earlier. Mm-hmm. So Bakari, I think he's right in the sense that um, no progressive in Congress is going to run, and I agree with everybody here. I don't think there's right. anybody in Congress currently. Maybe somebody from the outside, though. That's where I think he's partially right. And I, for some reason, I'm getting a call right now, so I, I'm going to jump out for a moment. I'll let you give you guys. Uh, see you back soon, then. Okay, cool. Uh, were, Dave, were you guys I want to make. Oh, sorry, I'm not that. Yeah, I just want to make sure Dave and Andrew get a chance to speak. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Dave? Oh, maybe he's... Dave's not know. here. Uh, I'll give Dave a second. Uh, Andrew, you have to unmute if you want to uh, go ahead and speak. Hi, thanks. Um, I was wondering how much you thought Trump would actually be the candidate because I was just discussing with someone else that uh, I don't actually think it will be Trump at this point. I'm, uh, I'm thinking it will be DeSantis. And, you know, yeah, I'm hearing the same impressions about his speech from everyone across the political spectrum about Trump's speech, about his low energy. He had struck me as a tired old man. It's very different. He lost the X factor. And this isn't mm-hmm. how he started his run in 2016. He, uh, so I don't know. I just I think DeSantis might be the guy to keep an eye on and 
that he's headed he, towards right now that sounded that sounded like the real thing dave i can hear you now i yeah we can we hear, hear you hear now before. dave okay dave? did you get the end of that yet so i was like i wanted to be on with case because i wanted to be because i wanted to be talking to him about the mutual aid uh association widespread association that he's seems like he's just starting to get out there right now on top of all all the other amazing work uh he does but um sounds like case case is no longer here but no no um, he's here he's here at work so i had to take a call but i'm going to be listening so if you yeah go ahead and say uh i'm taking any uh questions about that sure if savvy allows this first show (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Um, Well, let me answer answer, um, Andrew really quick and just say, um, Andrew, I think that I have a feeling it might be DeSantis. And I think if DeSantis runs against Donald Trump, I think that he will beat Donald Trump. I think DeSantis Um, is is the guy that they're going to push. Yeah. But I also think, but it's weird because Ron DeSantis said that he's not running. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Watch that money flow and then watch watch him run. Watch yeah, that money right, flow. That can change it. That can change any day. The um, problem is, I think he's the most dangerous person that we could yep, probably ever see. Yeah, agree. So, I'm in. I live in Florida, so I know how dangerous he can be. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, oh, go ahead, Dave. You had a question. For, right, for right. Case. So, yeah. So tossing a federal election to the side. I know that was the topic up there, and we've we've covered a lot of it. I agree with Savvy and Roger on their perspective on the federal election. And I also agree with Jimmy Dore and many others that this, and what you just said, that DeSantis is now the, the competent fascist that was predicted four years ago. Um, yeah, everything around Fed has come, has come to pass uh, that way. And the fact that Trump is not banned from, from being able to run for office, that you could have a Grover Cleveland situation with Trump and then having a Trump Biden, I think DeSantis will edge out Trump, but then DeSantis Biden would be a complete disaster. But so let me go, let me leave that for for real stuff. Real stuff is uh, cases efforts on on mutual aid societies. I guess is that what you're calling it, Case? You're uh, the mutual aid party. I think. Yeah, mutual aid political party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I'm in Boston. So you know, I've already done some. You didn't say it right, Boston, Boston. Yeah, yeah, I can do. You know, I grew up. I have a college education, but but my accent goes because I've been poor and I've been okay. So I can do. You're not a Saudi then. Yeah, I can do a real Boston. I can do. My dad sounds more like like a working class Boston accent. Like get into the car. Because I went to college. Yeah, Pakistan, Habib, Ritad. This is bizarre. Yeah. There we go, Dave. Now you're authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wicked, wicked pisser kid. Uh, wicked kid smart. Guy. Wicked, wicked yeah. smart. Yeah, go to run, run a packy. I'm gonna run a packy. <laughs> I used, I used to run too many packies, probably. But, but I don't think that compares to when to the way Sabrina some um uh, pronounces months. She says months. Oh, I love, I love, I love the way Sabrina s- says months. I'm like months, like that, I got the that, months. That has to be a Massachusetts things. It's not months. It's months. Short, she's shortening some of her vowels the way, the way like longtime Massachusetts people do. Yeah. Yo, yeah. It, Sabby fun is to fire, listen. Though. Fun to listen to. You know. 
Yeah. Hey, like, say I California love, I is love. the only state that speaks actual proper English in the entire United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please. No, because you guys in <laughs> yeah, California, you guys in California have a nasally sound. And I've said this to all my friends from California that I've moved here. And I'm just like, you're definitely from California. That's, yeah. that's my allergy. Some brain. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> So, K- Case, funny. are you uh, are are you in? Uh, where are you? Are you? Do you have some people you're working with on uh, mutual aid projects, like out of the city you're based in, or in other cities, uh, other places? So, so as of right now, we're we're in the um, definitely in the very pre- preliminary stage. So I haven't. Uh, I'm at not at the stage because I have a, I had a meeting with Roger Meadows, and uh, it was a great meeting as far as yep. getting ideas. So I'm like in the idea stage. And yeah. and then, so phase one is um, the, I, I'm, I'm still kind of like in a fact finding mission, um, getting ideas on how to formulate the, the idea. But I think we have the core, the core of the initiative is the website where people can create help desk tickets for mutual aid. So I'm going to start building that out and I'm hoping to launch early next year. And then that will be the beta launch, meaning that we're going to have people test it out and people could sign up and we'll create tickets and help each other out. And then once we go out of beta mode, meaning making sure there's no bugs and stuff, then I'm going to go wide with it and try to go hit up all the different uh, independent media that that I've built relationships over the past, including RBN and others, and start Mm -hmm. promoting it. And then the goal will be we need to get up to a thousand thousand members a month. Uh, and then the ultimate goal is to get like 50 million members to join this because if we're truly about mutual aid and getting everybody on board, like technically I should really, the goal should be like 300 million because that's the amount of people, 350 million in America. But I think right. if we could get to 50 million, that's definitely going to be a force of change and a force of uh, bringing people together for change moving forward. Yes, yeah, have you best. had a chance to talk to Rome about this too? Mm-hmm. Um, not the idea. Yeah, he was on my show. Remember, you suggested me to have him on the show, and I, at first it was to find out about more about his, um, his mutual aid tour for the poor, and then I told him about this idea, and we just yeah we discussed. Oh it. yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So if I could make a quick, oh, Kate, quick suggestion, Kate's, quick Kate's, suggestion, Kate's has a make it like a, make it like Craigslist. Uh-huh, make Kate. it like Craigslist, like a Craigslist for mutual aid because Craigslist was so simple, uh-huh, but it did a lot. Uh-huh, Kate, Kate, what's the yes, what's I'm, the web that's, address? That's my only suggestion. What's the what's the addy? Oh, is that, what's the web is, address? The, that's not created yet, but actually, okay. Oh shoot, you reminded me. Today is um the expiration for mutualaid.org. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if that's even available right now. Grab that. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Today. I'm gonna grab expiration that. Expiration date for websites? Yeah, oh, yes. meaning that if yeah. you don't re up yeah. on it, yeah. it could be available for somebody else to buy it. Yeah. After yeah. your your contract is done, yeah, yeah you gotta re up on name. that. The shit. domain name. Yeah. Exactly. It's an IT thing, Sabrina. That we talk in <laughs> IT now. Any, oh, okay. any don't. Uh, there's certain the domain names are all owned, and and there, a lot of them are bought in advance, and people try yeah. to get the. I, I apologize. I got to jump out for one more uh, minute, and then uh, I'll be yeah, as soon as I unmute. I'll be, that means I'm back. All right. So, sorry, bro. Okay, no worries. Go on, man. Dave, Dave uh-huh. um, uh, analogically speaking, it's like. You ever watch the Discovery Channel when they're showing planets forming and it's just dust oh, yeah. swirling around? Oh, I love, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Dust, that's not dust. To, that's dust to dust. Dust forming dust forming planets. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So that's pre- pretty much what he's saying. Where it's at. It it, it didn't. You, you don't see it. You don't see the planet yet. You just see dust swirling around. And yeah, I I kind of I sort of since he announced it at the summit, like two talked about it summit like two three weeks ago. I I got that he had done a lot of advanced work and talked to his. A lot of people, a lot of his contacts, a lot of probably alternative media, powerful alternative media, you know, capable alternative media people. But and that, but it hadn't, he hadn't gone beyond that, gone public with the website and some other aspects of it. Is that well, is that what you're saying, Roger? Or, or, yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. giving an analogy. Pretty. I just wanted yeah. to talk about Dave, space and planets. Dave, you're all. you're in my um, <laughs> yeah. Dave, you're in my area. I'm looking to do a toy run. Mm. Um. For Christmas, well, I, don't, I don't have a. I, 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 you know, I guess I'm still speaker. I, I could go into political, you know, stuff, topics Savvy's introduced, but uh, it's getting kind of late, so maybe I should. Is if Andrew wants it, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll jump on out of here. So, okay, yeah, I think Andrew. Um, but for those of you listening, before I forget, Andrew um, was. If here, you're not signed, uh, he was. I think he yeah, was I gonna, think he, I don't know. I thought he was speaking after me, and he just came in for a moment and spoke. And I thought maybe he was still. So we're kind of winding up the night here. I, huh? I think this is. Uh, yeah, I think he dropped off. Um, it was a great. It was a great call, and uh, I, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate everything that. Uh, I, I really like Sabby and uh, Rogers and and everyone's everyone here. Their political insights. It's it's good to hear the the mix uh, right here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and I throw praise. I mean, if I, if I kept talking, I would, I would say, you know, I would say things about, uh, you know, from long experience with tenant organizing, you learn a lot of nice. things, you, le- you know, you learn, that's good. I mean, you look, that's yeah, good stuff. I mean, you, yeah, you learn things about, about a lot of the heavy political stuff, like, you know, like how the election, how the elections affect the buildings, affect the money, affect like all, all that stuff that really sucks. In like in austerity, austerity capitalism of the United States, all that stuff. But I don't want to. I don't like. I don't. I really hate politics now. So, uh, especially yeah. since I've been since I've been poor, you know, I really, really, really um, hate politicians more. I feel that more and more. But love the ballot initiative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but ballot I love. I love. I love go. Rogers' political strategy. Yes, Rogers' political strategy, ballot initiative. And many aspects of his, of the of the many multi-step political strategy that he's laid out are a lot of that is really important, and a lot of it is is like marathon stuff that we got a marathon right now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. gonna say really quickly um, for those of you if you're not subscribed to my newsletter, please subscribe because next week I'm gonna be oh, sending yeah. out. Um, a volunteer request for people who want to volunteer for the RBN chapter here for mutual aid, because I want to do, but, uh, I'll be working. Aid. I'll be probably doing some stuff on the ground with like on and off with some of those, the people doing housing work with Savvy's. Like I met Alonzo and the, all the other people in that. Group yeah. That Savvy's working with in Boston. Yeah, so I'll probably wind up doing some mutual aid. Well, either awesome. helping with the housing stuff where I'm expert or just pitching in with mutual aid. Um, mutual aid and deconstructing the current the current current 
ugly Massachusetts state s system um, through mutual aid, maybe on the ground with, you know, with savvy when she, you know, when yes. she appears in places that I'm. That yes. I'm well, savvy, well, savvy represents, I'll... represents your, your, you live in her area. So hook up, yeah. Hook yeah. Her, man. And you can, you can get that thing. Everything that you're talking about, you can get it done with, with savvy because savvy is doing some, of that same work so you both can right connect. so i'm gonna send out that invite that's right that's right yeah so um, i mean i have, have already connected in a bunch of ways like uh working on the mask like the stuff related to a mask care speaker and on our show and some other some other things so and we overlap in the uh some of the housing uh housing fight back here in boston so yeah so ba i'm boston. i'm gonna i'm gonna do a run boston yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do a run for um I want to do a run for Christmas. So All right, I'm going to sign night. off. Have a good night. Uh, good night to everyone here. Peace, Thanks, Dave. Dave. Thank you. I'm going to do a run for Christmas. Bye. What I would like to do is to get um, toys and to get. Um, we're going to try to. We're, we're going to try to stretch it because it's right now. People income is a. Uh, Right now, people just don't really have money to buy stuff. Like, I'm just being honest with you guys. I told you guys about the whole Amazon thing tonight, right? So I'm going to, I want to try to do like a toy run and we want to try to do uh, gift cards if we can. Uh, and we, if we do gift cards, they need to be like Visa gift cards, not like a store gift card. It needs to be a gift right. card that people can use anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And not electronic gift cards, but the hard ones. And then also I want to do See, I hate just like buying stuff and just dropping things off to people. I would also like to do food too, if we could. Yeah. Um, for people who are not aware, like if you guys can, if you look online, there should be places somewhere in your community that are doing, um, they need volunteers to help people for Thanksgiving uh, meals, right? Hey. So it wouldn't be on Thanksgiving day but it would probably be during that week. Like my husband and I, we've done this before. It'll probably be during that week and they just need people to come and help. Whether it's they need people to come and cook or they need people mm -hmm. to hand out food or deliver food to people. Like there's a lot of places like that we have here in Boston. I know like they, like Rosie's Place and stuff like that. They're always trying to do those things for people. That so beautiful. that's another way that you can help you guys, like just to volunteer your time. And um, but definitely for those of you who are in like the Massachusetts like area, I want to try to do some type of run for Christmas. So I want to focus on uh, a couple of gift cards, toys, because the, the, it's more so for the kids. Right. The parents don't care as much about this as kids do uh, toys. And uh, we want to do food. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Case. Oh no, that's that's awesome. That 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 sounds awesome. As and this is something that you you're trying to do for the holidays for mutual aid, right? Mm hmm. That's awesome. I, I have a question for you or anybody in the chat. Uh, do you know? So one of the resources that I read that Afini put me onto that was excellent for learning about mutual aid was the book that I mentioned this also at the workshop. Uh, mutual aid by dean spade and i was wondering is there any other good resources to find out about mutual aid and and the reason for this is because it was brought up and um i don't need to say the who the name of the person was but um recently 
in regards to organizing the, the initiative, Mutual Aid Political Party, uh, it was brought up to like, hey, you know, we can do, uh, let me give an example. We can put in tickets, uh, but on behalf of people who might not know different languages, but we, we to make it worth it, we want to charge $5 to put in the tickets. And to me, I was like, you know, reading that book, I was like, it had nothing to do with money. Like money never came into the equation of mutual aid. Now, I understand you raise money to give out mutual aid, but I just right. wanted to be clear that uh, and I don't think the person is a nefarious actor or anything like that at all. But I just want to be very clear in my conviction, like, no, we're not charging people to get no. to create mutual aid tickets. You know, no, this is something interesting that I want to. Yeah, no way. Well, let me let me answer him. Um, mm -hmm. You don't charge people because that defeats the purpose of mutual aid. Exactly. Yeah. If you charge people, then it's more like a paid event. So mm -hmm. uh, one of the books that you could read a checkout case, it's called Mutual Aid, A Factor in Evolution. And it's by Peter Kropotkin. Kropotkin. I hope I said his name correctly. I can see the link too. And another okay. one is called The Black Panther Party Service to the People by Huey P. Newton, um, the, the Huey P. Newton Foundation. I'll see you the links for those. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you got to be careful because that what they're talking about when they say let's charge like five dollars a ticket, that's more so philanthropy. That's what we used to do when I was in college. And we used to say, OK, we're hosting the spaghetti dinner for everybody. You just got to pay five dollars a ticket. That's not mutual aid. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was yeah. just curious. Oh, so oh, that's yeah. exactly that's what I needed. Those two resources. Please send that to me when you get a chance. I'll give the mic back. Yeah, okay. and uh, I was going to add something to um, what Sabi's doing in, in Massachusetts. We had something like that. It was called Meals on Wheels mm -hmm. by my sister. Uh, her name is Colleen Brown, and she was shut down. Sorry. Oops. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, uh, my, my, I, I, I actually I, I put up my own money to her foundation, uh, Colleen Brown Meals on Wheels. And in Florida, that was shut down. Like, we could not do that anymore. Yeah, some places, um, I don't know what it is, but some some cities did shut down Meals on Wheels. Mm -hmm. But Saul, you're in Florida. There's yeah. actually, I guess she's not a candidate anymore. No, she wasn't a, she wasn't a, oh. uh, she wasn't a, a political. She was doing uh, Meals on Wheels as her foundation. Mm -mm. Colleen Brown. Her name is Colleen Brown. And she, ha I, I met her. She's a beautiful person. Very um, uh, generous with her time because she has two daughters. And uh, I came, I came upon her because <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to feed the people in Florida because the Florida uh, homeless is very big. Like California has a huge population of homeless. All you got to do is walk anywhere in a Walgreens or a Walmart or anywhere and you'll see homeless just asking for money. And yeah. she she established uh, the Meals on Wheels chapter here in Florida. And we used to always go to her her fund um uh fundraising um um parties and she fell out because she she all, after all her work she became homeless. 
So I was like, damn. Not like, her. Um, sorry, not her. Um, there was a woman, Case, you might remember. Remember I sent you this link and I said, we were laughing at the ad. I said, you're going to laugh at the ad. But there's one thing that's that's true was the fact that she was a candidate. She was a Republican candidate, black woman. Mm-hmm. But I said, Case, I said, look at how she helping people in her community. She has a food pantry where she helps people in her community. Yeah. In in your state, I saw she's in your state. Yeah, let me look. I it know. Up. I'm pretty sure I know about her in Florida. Yeah, I know exactly what you who you're talking to. I'm I'm gonna try to look it up as well. Yeah, but Colleen Brown was the one that introduced me to like uh, feeding the poor. You should really hook in, them up with. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Laverne Spicer. Spicer. Oh, Savvy. I haven't heard of her though. That's her name. That's her name. Like I said, her ad was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the one thing that did stand out, and I did this up, she actually was already helping because that's the thing. I told Case, I said, see, someone like that could actually win if they campaigned right because of the fact that she was already helping people in the community. So yeah. she was feeding people, veterans and homeless people and stuff like that. She had already had that established. But Laverne Spicer, you ain't got to agree with her politically. But if you want to help people, she runs like a food pantry in your area. Okay, I'll look that up. But remember that, that, that guy that was feeding the homeless and he got jailed for it here in Florida? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that that, that happens here. Like... Um, like I said, like the work is actually like what case study and what uh, you guys are doing out there. You have to educate the people because their power is is blindness, right? Like they're still blind to the power that they have. So fight, fighting for a political candidate here and there, like whoever they are, they're not going to be voicing what you want to do. Really the case. Roger, you sound like you're in a, about to take off in a jet. Oh, Roger's in New York, well, I, man. He's gangster. Actually, Roger's I, taking I off. A, he's taking off. He's going to the Bahamas. Oh, I am a JFK. Um, oh, that's that's hilarious. But no, I, I just wanted to ask. I want to ask Sabby a question again because I want to keep it on this kind of mutual aid thing going on. So uh, Rome posted on Twitter today that he was going to be coming out to my neck of the woods here, Oakland. But he didn't say any more details about what he was going to be doing out out here, and and I I I, um, I I responded to his tweet by saying like, oh, you're going to be in my neck of the woods. Guess I'm up to drag my lazy ass out there and do some help. So you guys can also if I keep talking about it, I feel like I'm more likely to go out there. So you guys can shame yeah, me. Do it. Again. Do it. Yeah. Uh, do, do, you, do you know Do you know any more about what what Rome was planning on doing when he was out here in Oakland? I don't know about what he's planning to do in Oakland. I do know Flint is first. So he's going to Flint, Michigan first, and then he's going to head to Oakland. Um, Rome will probably tell us after he's done with Flint. Um, That's usually how he does it. But yeah, go and meet him. There's been a couple of people on Twitter that have met him before uh, to help him out. I know some people came to help him in Jackson, Mississippi to deliver water and stuff like that. And I know that obviously when he came here to Boston, we did tour for the poor here. So, and a lot of people came and helped. So definitely like, um, I'll keep you posted. Um, are you the same name on Twitter? No, I'm West coast cat. Okay. So, um, 
<laughs> yeah. Rome will probably, Rome is probably, he usually focus on one at a time. So probably yeah. when he get back from Flint, then he's going to tell us what he's going to do in Oakland and we'll let you know. Yeah, that, was the, that was the tweet he said. He said, he said, after Flint, I'm heading to Oakland. And yeah, uh, um, yeah I, was, I, I was just curious about that. I mean, I get necessarily don't have necessarily the money, but I got, I got, I got two good arms and two good legs. So yeah, that's all you need. That's can, all you I need, man. Def- yeah, he just needs, definitely try to, he'll just need hands. Cause like when he came, uh, I can also bring like, joints. I can also bring joints and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Rome will love like after the fact, you know what I mean? So the good California, you know, good Cali green. So I can, Ooh, yeah. I can do that too as well. So I can, I can help on that end. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we can appreciate that. Awesome, um, man. That's an awesome CR. <laughs> um, I, am about yeah, I am about to wrap up in like five minutes. So um, anyone. I put some links in the thoughts? chat. Okay. Thank you I, so I, much, Roger. I, I, want, I, wanted, I wanted to, again, on the local thing here, it's a little bit of a personal thing to me uh, uh, that I just wanted to say really quickly. Uh, um, don't, don't think legalization for cannabis is not the way. And I know this is going to sound crazy to everybody, but trust me, decriminalization is what you want. Okay. I live out here in California. I've been very entwined in the, uh, the cannabis community for, you know, the decade and a half now. And, uh, um, I have watched the, the mom and pop, you know, the, 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 the ground level people, the motherfuckers that have been hustling in the fucking underground doing the fucking free market capitalist shit. You know, we're out here. In, in, in the Bay Area fucking existing outside of the capitalist network, right? You know, we're one of the last free markets that was left. And then I watched when California passed legalization and all the motherfuckers, all the venture capitalists, all the VCs, all these other motherfuckers came in with their millions of dollars and they were the only ones that can afford all of the permits. And I have a right. homie. That's true. That's that was true. that would that, that I have a homie that that he's he's over four he's over four million deep right now, and his place hasn't even opened yet. And he just happened Can to be one of the fortunate one of the people that I knew that were able to have the money. But he's it's been three two through two or three years that he spent and just jumping through all of the hoops, all of the permits, all of the kind of shit in order to even be able to get to the legal realm. So the vast majority of the people that are running legal in my state here in California are venture capitalists, businesses, they're, they're billionaires, billionaires, the companies are traded, the companies are traded on the stock market. Yeah. And they can yeah. afford, they can afford, they can afford to buy a place and sit on it for five years. That is a hundred percent true. That's, that's why yeah. in Massachusetts, we decriminalized it first. Like when I moved no, here, that's what CR said. Like, like well, well, let me finish. It. When we, when we, when I moved here ten years ago, we decriminalized it first. Then we filed the battle initiative to legalize it. And yes, some of the people who own those shops have money. But another thing that they did here is they actually started a program for people who don't have the money to start their yeah. own cannabis business. So that's the piece that's missing. You have to have that mm. piece. So now, because they, because. Basically, African-Americans here started to complain and said, look, a lot of us are locked up in jail uh, for this. Mm-hmm. 
And now that it's legal, the only people allowed to make a profit off it off of it are white. And so they complain to the state. Again, this is about local action. They complain mm -hmm. to the state. And so the state responded and said, we're going to implement a program so that even people who don't have the money to start one can start one. So now we even have a weed delivery service here in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. So oh. I think that's that's the key. You have to have a program in place for the people who don't who aren't rich and don't have like millions of dollars just to open their own cannabis shop. And, I will and move a, to Massachusetts from a, from a if it wasn't cold. On, on real quick. For, for, for quick historical kind of context, though, which you know me, Savvy, I always love talking about things that happened 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, um, uh, historical context would be the, uh, the, 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 the Native American Indian casinos, whatever, you know, uh, Native persons uh, kind of casinos. They, they also, too, were kind of granted that thing. And again, it was about kind of creating equity and, and equality for those people that have been disproportionately affected by racist laws in the past. So we're going to give them the ability to open casinos. But at the, at the end of the day, we know that the vast majority of the people that ended up opening those casinos are people that are like one sixteenth Cherokee or some bullshit at the end of it. So even they get the chance to exploit those things. And yep, as far as the cannabis true. industry, my, my experience has just been that that when, once we let the corporations in and and and, and we let them let them come in and have control over it, you know what I mean? They actually it makes it more restrictive. It makes it more costly. Prices are still insane here, despite the fact that in the black market prices have plummeted. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the 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 retail places, the corporate weed, as we like to call it, uh, remains very high and very very expensive. And these motherfuckers have Walmart size set up fucking places now yeah there. they have like yeah. orchards it's, it's, man well i was just gonna say that's interesting because i just did a story about this a couple of days ago that in massachusetts weed sales have actually or weed prices have actually plummeted because we've made it, so it, much we've made so much money off of it it's actually cheap now to buy it at the cannabis shops mm, so to a certain, like, to a certain degree savvy. to a certain degree but ultimately versus what the the black market was already providing at scale versus what they're able to do now in dick yeah, nickel and dime you for, for, for a gram or for an eighth. It, it, it's, it's still vastly. And that was kind of the one things too, that they said here, here in California, they're like, Oh, the, the California industry is making it so much more affordable, not just accessible, but affordable to our citizens. But at, at the end of the day, as that's played out, <clears throat> that, that, dish, that, that plummeted the, which of course they want to plummet the black market. You of know, and, and for the other kind of people, but 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 those people though that have been most disproportionately affected by uh, cannabis being illegal are the ones that I personally know are also involved in that space. So and they they they, they lost their ass. You know, I know I know many yeah. people that went from three farms to one farm and, and that kind of thing, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So my whole thing is is that we can we as individuals as like. You know, Rome or any or any of these other we can fucking govern ourselves. We don't need this militarized police in here fucking telling us how to run our own neighborhoods. I tend to kind of feel a little bit that way about cannabis. I know I've ranted about it a little bit. I'm sorry, but it's a pet peeve. No, you're good. You're good. You're I, good I, per, I personally, I personally have seen so many like they're just like the mom pops. Like it's the mom works there, the, the 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 mom and the dad and the cousin and the aunt and the brother. And the sister, you know what I mean? Like you can see three generations of people that working on farms and, and, and they're just they're just like regular farm people. They're regular fucking redneck, blue collar, whatever the hell you want to call it type of workers. And they're, they're not super rich. 
like, you know, maybe they might have like a boat or something like that. And they go on a lot of vacations, but the vast majority, their work, their work is serious labor. They get up at five in the morning to tend, to tend those, those, those outdoor gardens there. And, and, and they, they, you know, uh, they do a lot of hard labor. They're getting, they're getting, they're getting strangled by people that have venture capital money. And oh, that yeah. only happened because sure. we had medical, we had medical since 1996 here in California. Oh yeah. And the only time that that happened was when we recently went legal. I think Florida yeah. still, well, still has medical to, right now. Compared to, I don't know. Cause I don't smoke, but like my husband told me that compared to black market, compared to the cannabis shops here, he said the quality is, is better at the cannabis mm-hmm. shops. That's what mm-hmm. he's told me, like just from his it's experience. True. So in, Cal- in California, the, in California, the, it's the exact inverse. All of the people that I know still come to the people that I know uh, um, because of the fact that it is far superior. Because it, it was like that at first. That was the, that was the thing. That's the thing, savvy, right? In the sense that that how it was because we've been legal here for a while now, right? But that's how it was mm-hmm. at first. But now, once they captured the market. They were able to fucking, you know, go to mediocre. We can just coast now because we have so much of marketed capitalization. In the beginning, when they were trying to get a big foothold against the black market, they had to offer superior choice. Now that they've marked, now that they have a larger amount of the market cap, they don't have to provide it. You, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> can I say something funny right now? Half baked had it. You know, like. The medical marijuana is the best shit because it's clean and pure. Cause they didn't cut it. They didn't cut it. They didn't make it dirty. Like when I watched Half Baked, I was like, oh my God, I wish I had like pure cut weed because what I get, what I used to get in New York and in, uh, and now here in Florida, it's dirty weed. It's like skunk. Anybody that knows about skunk, you know what skunk means. It's the dirty weed. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I think that like, um, in, in reference to to the price per se, yeah, yeah like I, I remember we legalized like it's been like six years. So mm-hmm. I remember when it first started, it was pretty expensive, but the prices now have like have plummeted um, because they, they've already made so much money off of it. Um, but I will say, I have this question about California. You, can you guys not grow in California? Because in Massachusetts, you can grow. Damn, oh yeah, you, no... you you can't you can't but it, it can't but it's very it's very limited in terms of what you're yeah you gotta get like more, allowed to like, do and yeah hold on uh, um yeah and actually I you know, I can't go into names and, and locations yeah and whatnot, <laughs> we can't I expose do, I I I do know people that are actually in in, in uh, jail right now because they went beyond the limits you know yeah and that should um, so that, that shouldn't that, be a limit to but it that's, though that's they that, well, they see, because you have what to Massachusetts these, is these doing, people, it's go ahead. These are people with seven. These are people with seven, eight farms with many, many acres, and you're talking eight tens farms. Of Damn. So you can't, like I said, you don't. That's what I'm telling you. Like once somebody gets, this is a capitalist society that we live in. All right. Of course. And a, and a yes. free market, a free market is something that is just infinitely more cutthroat because we got no regulations other than the fucking streets. You know what I mean? And yeah, it, it's it's just as bad as capitalism. It's just as bad. It's just as hostile, oh. and and very quickly it can be taken over by individuals that at the end of the day, just like this fucking SBF motherfucker with FTX, don't know shit. He's no fucking kid mm-hmm. genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing is here. Go is Roger. That we have like regulations, but it's not enforced. 
That's the oh, thing. They, the, the, the DEA, the sheriffs, they come. My, my, I've had many of my homies with the helicopters, the DEA motherfuckers running up out of the woods, coming out of the You're fucking You're confusing DEA with uh, tobacco and the, you know, tobacco. What is it? The no, no, no. This is people? DEA. This is the Drug Enforcement Agency. These are the motherfuckers that come in. I because think, I they, think it's the tobacco is the one that enforces No, that, the, the ATF. The ATF? No. ATF. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, it. The ATF. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's not them. They don't come in. No, the DEA does because they've been the DEA's been everybody knows they've been shit for years. But nobody yeah. have you know have you ever heard about DEA official charge? DEA agents charge for X, Y, and Z. Never. You've never heard it in your fucking life because they don't get charged. What they do is they come in, they smash and grab and steal, and they'll often no, not charge anybody on the farm. They'll just take all the money, they'll cut down yes. all the plants, and then they'll leave. That's true. That's what they've That's been true. they've been doing the shit in like I said, I've been in this, I've been in this, this, this space for a very long time, and, and I've seen yeah. this happen. And I, to my friends, I've gone and looked at the wow. devastated gardens that had happened after the DEA raids. Yeah, that's true, though. Wow. Wow. They, they really even take um, pictures. They even take pictures with all the money and, and, and harvest that they take. They burn half of the shit, but they also take half of the shit. Wow. Well, so let me bring in Soso, and then I got to wrap up. Um, uh, can I say one last thing? Much love, Savvy Sabs, Case Study, and JB. Much love to all of you, and thank you for giving me a mic. Peace and love. Thanks so much, Saul. Okay, um, so so you're the next caller. I'm gonna I'll close out in five minutes. You have to just have to unmute. Hey, hey, hey! What's going down? What's going on? What are we talking about money? <laughs> Well, the original conversation was about Trump announcing he's running for president, and then somehow we got into weed. Sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I just thought just to uh, tune in to you guys, just show my respects or whatever, you know, Southern hospitality and whatnot. So, yeah. I could have sworn like y'all was talking about like some money or whatever, but. Yeah, we were. We were talking about like public banks and. Um, how you can do more through the states through ballot initiatives, but if you have a public bank, like you don't have to worry about the cost factor, so to speak. So we were talking about that. Uh, what state are you in? Texas. Okay, Texas. Uh, so is Robin. Robin um, is one of the speakers. She's also in Texas. How are you feeling about uh, Trump announcing he's running again for president? So so. I'm gonna be honest with you, like, 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 can I, can I be honest? Can I be disrespectful? Can I be honest? <laughs> Please be honest. I completely forgot, like, Trump even existed. I ain't even gonna lie to you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. Like, I just, I just really just want to just tune in and just, you know, just give you guys, a, you know, put a smile up on you guys' face or whatever. But yeah, uh, this Trump guy or whatever. Uh, shout out to him, I guess so. I guess so. Well, do you think do you think if Biden runs again in twenty twenty four that he'll be able to beat Donald Trump? Mm. My honest opinion upon that, uh, just because Obama is his partner, I'm always gonna be like, "Hey, shout out to Biden!" Like, I'm always gonna be like that. I suck in politics. I'm just throwing that throwing it out there. Why? Why like, you? Why you say? Politics. Why you say that? So so. Has, has because, Biden like, done anything that's improved your life economically? 
Uh, hell no. <laughs> and and okay. I, I, I swear to God, because I'm like, okay, so look, let me sit down right quick. I don't know, man. I honestly feel like you know that's that's way above like my my pay rate or whatever. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like you know, like like let these guys do what they do. Like the next time when I hear about another minority coming to the White House, yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm gonna tune in. But you feel me? Do you, do you vote? Do you vote so so? Do I vote? Yeah. No. Uh-uh, no. Nah, nope. No, no this is perfect because I think Sabi will also recognize this. This is actually the person we need to be speaking to, not Democrats, not Republicans. This guy right here, because the, 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 the non-voter is the largest demographic in this country. And yeah. I think that, that they, 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 they want to be heard, too. And, and we need to start listening to them. Yeah, no, like, no, like for sure, because, you know, I'm, I'm always available and I'm always open to like any kind of uh, option or whatever, like, like game, like all game, you know, shit, you know, I'm, I'm just game for whatever. But I really, I really thought that y'all were talking about like making some money or whatever. Like if anything, like who, <laughs> I swear to God, like who, Miss Sabrina. Mm-hmm. When the last time you've been to the White House? When I was a kid on a field trip. I want a field trip, okay. Mr. Roger. Never. Never. I've been okay, to a house so- that's white. I've been to a house that's white and I've been to a house that's full of white people, but I've never been to I'm a white from house. Texas, so you know, <laughs> like like you know, it's they they all over the place. So what okay okay, so okay, boom, 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 boom. She only got five minutes. Let me hurry up and get this shit over with. I'm really excited or whatever, but uh when are y'all gonna run for president? Never. No, I, I would never run because the system is already rigged. Like it's just they're both two corporate parties, and then you can run as an independent or third party, but they're gonna try to do everything they can to stop you. Like corporate money has to be removed from electoral politics. Until I see that happening, nah. No. Nope. If I could get if I could get almost every state in the country to be a ballot initiative state then we could all be citizen lawmakers and constitutional amenders. So I wouldn't even need to run. Amen. That's right. You know what, you know what this sounds like? Like this sounds like me trying to sneak a female inside of my grandmother's house. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I, I, I swear, I swear to God, like it really do. Like it really do sound like that, you know, inside of this house, but you can't do that because you're not paying the bills. So, you know, that's a, that, I, but you know what? That's scary. But I was gonna say the scariest thing is, is we all realize now that it ain't gonna come through the president. We're lucky if it comes through local politics. And uh, oh, for sure. but the reality is, it's really only gonna come through the thing that we don't want to talk about the most, and we're most scared to admit because it is the most scariest path. But a uh, uh, revolution. And I know that's an overused word in some extent, but that, what else do we have left, really? As far what, as, as the stakes I'm are sorry, that high. Just, Go ahead. As far as like paying bills, like could like, like like could you guys honestly say that y'all would be able to afford the bills in the White House? I I don't I don't <laughs> even understand the question. We we wouldn't so be what, paying so, them. We wouldn't be paying. Okay, so. So it's what I'm pretty much saying is like, okay, 
what I'm pretty much saying is nobody will ever have a say so up until they have the enough money to afford the White House in so many words. Like, like, does that make sense to you? You talking about donors? Don't. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, not donors. I'm talking about like a, uh, like a, like a, yeah, like, like actual, like money to pay the bills. So. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. So, nothing. Sorry. Talking to a customer. <clears throat> the president doesn't pay. They don't pay bills in the White House. So who pays it? We do. We do. Damn. Well, can y'all pay my bills? <laughs> you'd have to run for president then and win Man, i'm on I'm, I'm right now i'm on calling right now with the president right now with the vice president the president the um <laughs> yeah man it's like it's like shit crazy like let me rely upon government assistance right you dig what i'm saying so it's like i've never not once received government assistance not at all i might Food stamps and all, you hear me? Disability and all. Like, that's all what the president is doing. In my opinion. But so, so, what does that tell you about the economic system that we have in this country? It says a lot. Mm-hmm. It says a lot. Like, I can, I can go on for days about this topic over there. I was just talking to somebody a couple of days ago, actually, about this. And it's like, um, I got to rely upon Big Daddy. Like I said earlier, Sabby, we're all looking for a savior. We're all looking for that. Oh, I swear, like that's I, gonna I lead swear. the tribe, Daddy. Like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 Daddy Trump. You know what I'm about? Daddy Trump or, or Daddy Biden? <laughs> oh, this is, this is this is how much this is like how much thought process that you mean I, I big government to. then. You say what? A big government? Yeah. So so. You sound like. What's up? So so. Can I ask you a question? Shoot. Are you high right now? No, I'm not. Okay, just asking because you know we was talking about weed and everything, so I figured you know. You was like. So so. So so. You said you're in Texas. Are you in Houston? I'm in Dallas. Dallas. Okay. I am definitely in Dallas, so I don't know. I, f- I feel like everybody, they always want to talk about the politics and shit like that. I just tuned in. Like I said, I just feel excited or whatever. I just got some uh, pussy. You just got some what? Hello? Hello? <laughs> what did you just say? Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I sound, <laughs> I, I, I sound crazy right now. I swear to God, I sound crazy. He's high. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, that's I'm a, a little bit. I'm a little bit tipsy. I'm not even gonna ah, lie to you. Right? He's drunk. I knew so something was going on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit slurred. Ooh. Head to your drop off at 6317 Alderdice. Remember, though, the only reason that you can be slurry right now is because labor was able to pick those plants and put it into the distillery and man those distillers and make that alcohol that we're able to drink and enjoy and get married with. So we need that labor, and we need to focus more on that rather than the motherfucker on the top because it's the people on the bottom that support us. That part. I'm just going to agree because I'm like that part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's bring in Rosie. You have to unmute. Hey, everyone. Um, Can you hear me? Yeah. 
this is cracking me up. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've just been laughing. I make pottery. I'm a ceramicist and I, I'm making like late at night and you guys are just making my, making my night. But um, Sabi, I just had a really, really quick question, which was, I know you say you won't run for office. <laughs> I know that would probably be an absolute nightmare. But would Revol Revolutionary Blackout Network, do you think as a whole you would all consider like i don't know forming some sort of party and putting someone forward under that under you guys i just feel like we need that and maybe all maybe all five of you could run and just like join together at the end i don't know it's something that i feel like it would be so so cool if you could manage to sort of put someone forward under under Revol revolutionary blackout network party almost someone mentioned this to us before um and you know nick and cj talked about this recently that they think the best path forward in reference to third party would be the green party mm. um it would be a lot easier to go through a party that's already established right um now don't get me wrong like green party they need some work like you know, they have their issues too. Mm. What's the yeah? I guess um, what's the green party? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, no, no. The, go ahead. What's it's the very hard starting a new party. Um, mm. I think we a lot of us have seen this through what happened with MPP. Like they've been around for five years and they've run no candidates. Like it's not easy because you start yeah. a new party and then it takes forever to get ballot access in states. So that's a big part of the problem. The Green Party already has it. And so what we yeah. really should be doing, and this is what I said to, you know, I, I had said to Jesse Ventura, I said, why not just go through the Green Party, something that's already built up? When Andrew Yang comes on next week, I'm asking the same thing. Why didn't you just work with the Green Party, something that's already established? Yeah, like why didn't Bernie just join with the Green Party at the end of his run? You know, that could have been, he could have gone out with an absolute bomb and done that. It would have probably been huge, but chose not to, I guess. Yeah, he was not going to do that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I wish I would have known that ahead of time and I wouldn't have donated money to Bernie Sanders. Right. Um, it's just but... interesting with like movement for a people's party. The, um, you know, a lot of our friends... Like I'm, I just turned 30 and a lot of our friends are sort of 20 to 30 and everyone with movement for a people's party felt a bit more on board. I, I don't know why compared to Green Party, but just that sort of new, fresh, like new voice, giving voice to it. Everyone seemed much more on board with that than the Green Party. But I guess I completely understand that, like maybe just somehow trying to I don't know, somehow refresh the Green Party and get new voices yes. and get more people out there would be would be really cool. Um Yeah. Yes. So like I my, agree. that doesn't happen. Am I green? <laughs> <laughs> like on the cool, like, am I green? Like like what other colors do we have? <laughs> Um, yeah, you're green. I'm green as hell. Fuck. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. 
But uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to uh, the whole. Shout out to uh, Roger, Rosie. I'm always getting shout outs and shit. Like I'm like shit. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Sabrina. Hmm. Um. Something I forgot to. Maybe you did mention it, but you remember how um Arkansas did not um their ballot initiative failed to uh, legalize uh, cannabis, right? Right. Okay. Did you? How much more do you know about it? That's all I knew. Okay. Did you know that the um, the money that would come from it would be used to finance the police? What? Uh huh. Sound like somebody so trying to flip. Said- so when you were saying, oh, man, it didn't pass, you better be glad it didn't pass. <laughs> wow. What you mean? What you mean, bro? What you mean? What you mean? There was an Arkansas ballot initiative to, to legalize uh, weed, right. and it failed. And if it would have passed, the money made from it, the taxes that are made from it would have been used to finance the police departments, mm. law enforcement. How many people smoke weed? I don't know. You have to. Um, I have no idea how many people smoke. Weed. Talking about this is what I was talking about. God, I hate to interrupt, but this is what I was talking about. Don't legalize it. Decriminalize. Oh, CR, I want to address something also. Um, because he was talking about the venture capitalists and all those clowns. Um, this is why it's important for us to start establishing. Starting, building, proliferating worker cooperatives, and then partnering with other cooperatives to form multi-stakeholder cooperatives to establish your own supply chain outside of the corporate supply chain, and then um, uh, uh, box out and ultimately replace and ultimately um, replace corporations and then take over the government. I meant to say that a while back. <laughs> That's it. Hello? Let's do it. Okay. All right, guys. I'm going to head out. I'm going to head out. Thanks, Abby. Uh, likely hijacked more time than we were supposed to get. Thanks, Thanks Abby, for having up with us. Bye, guys. We got some bad service. (laughs) Good night, everybody.